0: Welcome my friends, welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, April 12th, we are here live. It's time for Destination Health. Lauren is here with me this morning. We'll also be joined by Brian Richards. He's the CEO from Sauna Space. We'll be talking a lot about infrared and red light therapy. We're just going to jump right into things and get started this morning. We will open up the phone line, so go ahead and start dialing. If you have questions about red light therapy, now would be the time to get in. After we finish with Brian, we'll continue on with questions as well. Go ahead and line them up. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin.
1: Red light therapy today.
0: I love it. Red light therapy, infrared. This is a confusing area, and I'm not sure why. We're going to talk to Brian about it. You know, I was a little shocked at how not new this is. Infrared and red light therapy has been around <laughs> a long time. We've known about it for a long time, and yet there seems to be a lot of confusion. I'm, I'm still not clear. It's why I haven't been talking about it as much. The more reading I do the more I tend to get a little confused. I remember it was that way with a lot of things in the beginning. You know, when I first started talking about health, I remember talking about this. I said, I I think I have a pretty good idea about health because it's something I had always been interested in. I coached, I owned a gym, and yet I didn't feel confident. So I set that goal. I was going to read a hundred, you know, of the top new books in a year. And I can remember when I started reading, I read 10 books, and I came on and said, man, am I confused. And I read 25 books, and I said, I'm even more confused than ever. And for a while, the more I read, the worse it got. And I kept coming on every week and saying that. I finished these three books this week and more confused about this now than anything I'm kind of that way with the red light therapy right now. And I can't figure out where else to go. I was that way kind of with the adaptogens till we got Danielle on here. So, um, I I, I love when we bring guests like this on because it helps me. I mean, look at, look at, um, the mini series with Sally K Norton and how many mysteries we solved that have been bugging us for years. Mm. Turns out it's an oxalate issue. So I'm looking forward today. I, I, uh, I need to upgrade my knowledge on infrared. I think I've got a pretty good handle on it, but there's, there's some stuff I'm missing.
1: Same, same. I'm hoping that we clear some of that up and maybe perhaps even get some insight into some good reading regarding it, because I want to dive deeper into it as well.
0: Yeah. You know, um, one book I want to go back to on infrared, that there aren't that many. And you know what? It's one of those topics. It's kind of tough. Um, if you want to get a book published, the, there's a sweet spot for a number of pages. It can't be too long because then it just costs too much to publish it, but it can't be too short. And I don't know why we did that. You know, we. I'm sure it's a cost issue, you know, if the book's only... 80 pages who's going to want to pay 8 or 9 dollars for it you know our our mindset is that it's got to be longer <laughs> or I'm not willing to pay for it i have the opposite mindset if you have a really good topic and you got the information into 80 pages without a, whole, a lot of fluff i'll pay more yeah
2: <laughs> right exactly. that's the way
0: i feel if you can if you can really put the information i need into a book and leave out all the fluff then I'll pay more. And I will tell you, every book published today has a ton of fluff. And it's for that reason you have to get to a certain page count. And if you're writing a book on a very narrow topic, like infrared light therapy, you probably can't write that many pages. Not that would be interesting or useful. Yeah. Yeah, Um,
1: it's
0: it's true. I like to just get straight to the point. Yeah. And I was hoping with, with, digital publishing and being able to you know get the word out without using a traditional publisher and not having any real cost we would have seen more good short books released and yet I really still don't see it happening hey I see I see we've got Brian here so we are going to bring him in this is um, Brian Richards the founder and CEO of Sauna Space Brian good morning welcome Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Good. You're also here with Lauren.
1: Hello, Brian. Nice to have Hi, you.
0: Hi, good today. morning, Lauren. How
1: are good you? Good
0: morning. Lauren oh, is excited wow. about. Yeah, Lauren's a nutritional practitioner. She does uh, all of our discovery calls and one on ones and helps me out here on the show on Wednesdays. Oh, lovely. So, yeah. where where are you in the world this morning?
3: I'm coming to you from Dallas,
0: Texas. Dallas. What's it like in Dallas today?
3: Oh, it's beautiful. The sun's shining. It's life is good down here in Texas. Yeah, there you uh, go. I really enjoy
0: Dallas. Great people. There yeah. you go. Good. We um <laughs> we used to do a, a large trucking event in Dallas every year and COVID kind of did it in. Um they didn't have it for a couple of years, and now it looks like it's just not coming back. So we used to spend quite a bit of time in Dallas every year, August usually. Unfortunately, you're usually down there in August when the weather isn't all that pleasant. But you know what I love about Dallas? I don't know why more people, I don't hear more people say this. I don't hear it talked about a lot. Dallas is one of my favorite food cities.
3: Oh, yeah. The food options here are actually. I was surprised how well there are. A lot of people like to go out and eat here.
2: You so, pick, yeah.
0: pick any <laughs> any food category, any ethnic, doesn't matter. Dallas has got it, and you can trip over three or four really good restaurants in every category. Just everywhere I go in Dallas, I get good food.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm actually based in Frisco. It's North Dallas. Okay. So. But yeah, so it was voted one of the most, voted the most prosperous city of the USA last year. Wow. By four, I believe. So yeah, yeah be there's some great food officers, great people, great, great uh, everything, really. There's a lot of, a lot of prosperity here. Um, Things are going well. It's like, like the pandemic never happened. Really?
0: Yeah. Excellent. You know, I, I do have to throw in the uh, truck driver perspective about Dallas. They they could fix their highways a little bit. That is a crazy place to have to drive, even with a car. And imagine what it's like with a truck. I have never seen more places in in one city where you enter the highway from the left and there will be an exit within a quarter of a mile. And sometimes you need to get to that exit. and It's over on the right. And there's four or five lanes of Dallas traffic. I, Dallas is not a fun city to drive around in a truck.
2: Yeah,
3: the toll roads and the roads are really well maintained, but yes, they are. They can be quite Byzantine and they're under construction constantly. It's it's intense down there in Dallas. That's why I prefer Frisco a little better, a little quieter, a little slower.
0: There you go. There you go. So we are going to talk about infrared and red light therapy you know, I was just saying before we got you on that there have been a lot of areas in, in health. So when I, I started down this health journey, I had no real background in health. I had owned a gym at one point. I used to do a lot of coaching. So I, I was interested in fitness. And uh, But when we started, you know, realizing truck drivers need help with this, you know, the general population needs help. We all know that. The statistics in trucking are horrendous. The incidence of type 2 diabetes in trucking, and we might as well just say metabolic syndrome, because nobody gets type two diabetes anymore. Virtually everybody has metabolic syndrome, the full-blown problem. And the incidence in trucking is double. I can't even imagine how that's possible. We still have, if I remember right, I don't know if anybody's updated this statistic in a while, but um, I think within the last five, certainly 10 years, this was still right, Double the number of smokers as the general population. You know, if you if you haven't figured out that smoking is really really bad for your health, um, I, I don't know. And then on top of that, like I said, the, the weight, the diabetes, the metabolic syndrome, and we've identified why this is a horrible job for your health in in every aspect. You're, you're sitting. 10 or 12 hours a day you're living in that tiny little space no real refrigeration no freezer space so food is difficult you've got the vibration factor the fumes the diesel fuel the the poor food choices anytime you're on a highway you're in a food desert so we've identified why and we've been able to help with a lot of it um but it, this is definitely a challenging group to work with health-wise. The good news is we're getting really good results. And our, our goal from the very beginning was um, to get truck drivers healthier um, and show that that even with the worst possible scenario, you can still get healthy. But I was telling Lauren that when I first started to do all the research, I set a goal to read 100 of the top new health books in a year. And I ended up doing it about nine months. But in the beginning, I read 10 books and I can remember coming on the air and saying, I'm more confused than ever. And then I got to like 25 books and I said, the confusion's (laughs) getting worse. I'm not even sure if I can read another book about health. And finally, somewhere around book 50, it all started to make sense. And that I thought was really sad. I thought if the average person sets out to just figure this out on their own, they're gonna have a struggle. You can find so much conflicting information about all of this stuff. It'll make you crazy. And I tell this story because that's kind of where I am with all this red light infrared stuff. I'm to the point where I've read most of the stuff I can find. I'm still not very clear on a lot of it.
3: Yeah, well, let's break it down. There's a lot of research out there. There's over 7,000 light therapy studies you can look into there are thousands of sauna related studies Um, and so that we can get into the minutia of the science and the biology but the the process that occurs in the body and the outcomes we see are pretty clear Um, so yeah let's let's dive into
0: it so one of the things i've done over the years with health, like you just said, 7,000 research papers on this one topic. No wonder why I'm confused. And I'm sure you've read lots of them. Is there a lot of conflicting information in those articles?
3: Uh, Well, no, there, there's definitely a general trend towards life therapy. Yeah. Doing good things. But yes, uh, we get confused by like, uh, you know, we almost get a little bit too right-brained, and how do we do it the perfect way? If you look at a study, and you look at the outcomes, and you know, if we don't perfectly match the conditions of the study, you know, are we going to get those results? And there's different technologies you can use um, to do light therapy, but uh, it, it's pretty clear that, like, to, to 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 summarize or to define light therapy, light therapy is the use of red and near infrared light to heal damaged cells and tissues and to optimize function of healthy tissue. So that's okay. all it does. It has, it has, <laughs> okay. it has a, there's a, uh, but when you do that in the whole body, you get local relief and local correction of symptoms. And then you see amelioration of disease over time. And, correction of, of organ function and of tissue function. And um, if you look across all of those studies in, into near infrared light therapy, which also has a lot of names and uh, they're all the same thing. So it's called photobiomodulation, light controlling biology. It's also called light therapy or low-level light therapy or red light therapy. They're all names for the same thing. We're using a certain band of light From the sun originally, that includes visible red light that we see and near infrared light that we don't see, but it's right next to red light on the on the light spectrum. And um, when these wavelengths in this special band of light strike the mitochondria in our cells and various other areas in the cells, but particularly mitochondria, they trigger healing effects in the cells. Things like Anti-inflammation response, collagen production, growth factor response for regenerative effects. There's corrective effects on on gene transcription. So how the cell builds itself. That's what anti-aging is. When you correct the way the DNA is read, the blueprint of the cells, we we the cell works better. It can make the parts of itself better. So when The light hits the mitochondria, it does all these things, and what we see at the cellular level and the tissue level are wound and muscle healing and improved recovery from stroke and healing and repair of traumatic brain injury and various nervous uh, injuries. You see improvement in immune function, so how your body defends itself. Um, You see reduction in osteoarthritic pain, so actual pain relief but you also have effects on the nervous system that are very powerful like it has a relaxing effect on the nervous system so it it calms the mind it's it's helpful for thing it's been shown to be helpful for things like anxiety and um and depression and mood issues and bipolar issues and so many other things we're seeing benefit in Immune function, as it relates to disease avoidance, like during the pandemic, light therapy was shown to be quite effective for treating COVID cases, as well as um, helping people with symptoms of like long haul COVID and recovery after getting an infection. You know, if you go back like a long time ago, the Surgeon General, of Massachusetts, and 1919, a year after the Spanish flu, up until that point, the world's greatest pandemic, he had a study he published where he found that the best way to treat um, um, influenza-caused pneumonia is with sunshine and and fresh air, but particularly sunshine. And what we know nowadays with the modern research is the part of the sun that heals us is not so much the ultraviolet light that we associate with vitamin D production, um, but rather the majority portion of the sun is actually near infrared. If we look at what, when we stand outside in the sun, we're getting um, some red light and some ultraviolet light and some other, and a lot of visible light. But in terms of the power we absorb, the, the photons per second we experience, over 70% of it is near infrared. So the largest portion of the healing pie of the sun that we eat every day, if we're out in the sun is in fact, this special band of light I'm referring to near infrared light. It's also the light that penetrates the tissues of the body deepest. So if we want to heal our brains and do this light therapy stuff on our brains, it's only near infrared light that penetrates the bone tissue. So you see a, a nice correlation here. If you look at, you know, stepping away from the complexity of the science and looking at the ancestral ex- human experience, nice. our ancestors got sun on their naked bodies every day, several hours a day, and what they're doing is of um, getting an essential, the perhaps the essential nutrient and nutrifying stimulus in the environment. It is the sun. The sun. Nourishes all life on Earth, and it turns out that we, because of the mitochondria in our body, are we're like plants. We're supposed to eat life, um, and not just for energy, although it does promote cellular energy production, but also to constantly heal and repair and rejuvenate. It also has this, this calming effect that life therapy has on the nervous system, can lead to improved sleep because the nervous system is supposed to be in a relaxed state the parasympathetic state when we fall asleep and sleep is an essential aspect of daily repair of the body. So we have so many influences that, that
0: life therapy has on correcting our, our, our cells and our bodies all the time. If we get it. Hey, Brian, got to jump in here because as you're talking I'm trying to make notes and I can't keep up so (laughs) I need to jump in so we can start to tackle some of this stuff because one of the things I love that you just did in that is you brought it back to the ancestral which is really where I wanted to go I've said for a long time when it comes to nutrition it's not that I don't read research I read tons of it I've given up on you know kind of depending on that research to form my opinion, because there's just too many um, too many conflicting issues. You, you made one point in there that I, I wanted to get to, the idea that near-infrared penetrates deeper into the body. I can't tell you how many articles I read that said the opposite of that, that that's what far-infrared does. So that was always confusing for me. So really kind of settled on, I do the research, I read a ton, I always will, But almost everything I try to bring back to this ancestral perspective. Why do we need this sunlight? I would even question, why do I need this light that you produce? As a hunter-gatherer, I didn't carry around a light to make myself healthier. Well, you explained it. You didn't need to. We lived outside. We were exposed to this kind of light so much more than in our modern world. And then you brought up sleep. I've done... Huge studies on sleep. I've run out of material there. And and I really believe that the single biggest problem was sleep, too. And they kind of sort of go together today. And, And it's really, really difficult to solve these issues for a lot of people. One, we don't have that exposure to the proper light cycle of the sun. And that's what sets our sleep cycles. We should be waking up and then seeing the sun come up. We should be watching the sun with our eyes as it goes down in the evening. We should be exposed to all those different spectrums of light as the sun rises and angles change. And we're just not. And the best we can do at this point is try to replicate those things as much as possible to make it a point to get outside in the morning. And, and watch the sun come up and go back outside and, you know, relax and watch the sun go down and spend as much time outdoors as you can. And it's still not going to be enough. That's why we bring people like you on and we talk about these lights. How do we recreate as close as possible those conditions that we experienced as hunter gatherers?
3: Yeah, that's exactly it, Kevin. We live in a very synthetic world, and yet our body's biology is programmed to be in the ancestral environment. So the way we thrive nowadays in the modern world is to mimic and recreate that ancestral experience in our modern world. So um, there's a lot of blue light we get nowadays that's artificial from all the artificial lighting sources, our screens, our phones led and fluorescent lighting and that's all high energy visible light that's damaging to us and it's a stressor for us and so we are not outside anymore in the sun even if we are outside in the sun we're usually fully clothed, so we're not getting this healing light as we should in all the cells of the body but then we've also amped up and increased dramatically our exposure to blue light exposure to blue light after dark as you um refer to is very damaging to the our, our sleep. It basically disrupts our sleep and makes our sleep a lot less effective. And then we wake up the next day. And we're not rejuvenated. We're tired. And our as men, our testosterone gets low, and um, it, it has so many different effects on our sleep. So, so to yeah, so to really like look look at this at the at the bird's eye view. We need to bring, we need to recreate that ancestral experience. If we're not getting sunlight every day, one really beneficial way to get this near infrared light from that we would have gotten from the sun is from the incandescent lamp that we use to power our saunas, the sauna space. And so when you, you know, I I don't claim that our sauna is replacing the sun, but for those of us who live in climes where We don't get access to sun or we have a vocation like trucking where we just are, you know, not getting sunlight all the time. This is a way to reintroduce that healing light of the outdoor environment indoors into an indoor space is using the incandescent lamp. And also the sauna, which we should talk about. Sauna is, you know, I explained what light therapy is. Sauna is this I this this experience of sitting passively and sweating and when you do that on a consistent basis you reduce your risk of dying of all things so another way of saying that is you increase your health and you increase the years of your life during which you're healthy and and so it's not just about the light that we get in our outdoor environment it's this also ancestral tradition across every human culture on earth this idea of sitting in a hot space and sweating passively for healing benefits, for purification of poisons from our environment and also uh, for re-optimizing our cell function. When we, when we correct cellular function from the bottom up, the body works better, the brain works better, all the organs work better. And so, sauna is not really a luxury. It's really, nowadays, it's, it's quite a necessity to thrive and be healthy in this really
0: toxic world. So I got to stop you again because you've made so many comments and I can't write down what I want to ask and still listen at the same time, which is awesome. Um, it, you just mentioned, you know, we need to, to do this sauna, that it, it's necessary. What are we replacing in that? It's pretty simple. No matter where you lived on the planet, there was a time where if you were sitting outside, it was like a sauna. You had the light, the heat, you were sweating. But today we run for air-conditioned comfort. We want to be 70 degrees all the time. You know, I've talked about this with cold exposure and hot exposure, just just the two temperature extremes, how we used to experience those temperature extremes a lot. And we don't anymore. We we do everything we can to keep our environment so comfortable and we are losing all resilience to stress. These are all you've mentioned this. All these things can be they're healthy, but they're also stressors on the body. When we lived in them, we were accustomed to them. We handled that stress just fine. We don't handle that stress very well anymore. We, we I did a huge two-year, and I'm still working on it, a big stress protocol. And what I determined was one of our biggest problems was stress. One, we're surrounded by stressors our body doesn't even understand. But two, we have become very, very weak when it comes to stress. And it's because we seek comfort all the time. Everything I figured out that actually builds resilience to stress makes us very, very uncomfortable. But if we can just do it for short periods of time, then our body becomes more accustomed to that stress. And it's no longer a stressor. It becomes something that strengthens uh, us every time we do it.
3: Yeah. The, the, Intermittent stress, so so limited stress is, is 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 natural stress, and that's what good stress is, and that's what we're programmed biologically to benefit from. So so changes in temperature, uh, you know, intermittent fasting, which mimics starvation, where we didn't have constant access to food. Uh, this, the intermittent stress of light from the sun. those are all good stresses and also exercise high intensity exercise and particularly for men like lifting really heavy weights but it's something you do and then you stop nowadays we have blue light and electromagnetic stress emf and then a stress. we have a a, you know food stress and a work culture you know we have a a lifestyle that puts us under so much stimulation stress all the time that it's unending and when it's unending that's that's not natural. And that's the bad type of stress that really wears us down and, and actually makes us weak. It's these these intermittent stresses, you know, that we've mentioned that keep the body strong. It, it's, it's stressing the body in a good way. So it's important to differentiate that. There is good stress out there. It's the stress that our ancestors got and the and the modern stress of today that don't stop, that are all day long, are really terrible for our health.
0: Yeah. So we, we with this research and the protocol, what we're trying to do, like you said earlier, we're trying to mimic the types of stress we used to be exposed to as hunter-gatherers as much as we can in a modern world. You mentioned something else, and I want to go back and talk about this. It's, um, it's not a, I don't even know how, it's a very uh, politically sensitive topic these days, and I've been criticized heavily for my opinions on this, but it's not going to change them. Um, you mentioned testosterone earlier. I would say that we have a dangerous, um, shortage of testosterone these days in both men and women. Men, clearly. I mean, there, yeah. there is a real issue here. And, and, you know, the whole gender identity and all that, it's politically sensitive. I get it. I don't care. We need to talk about it. Men are supposed to be men. Men and women are different for a reason, a very good reason. We make very good partners because we're different. And this idea of there is no difference and what I'm seeing with testosterone levels because of diet and lifestyle and it's a real problem. This is not good for society.
3: Yeah, it's 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 funny the uh, the origin of my product is Actually, this guy named Dr. Kellogg, who invented it in 1891 after light bulbs were invented. and He called it the electric incandescent light bath. And this is Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. He had a sanitarium in Battle Creek, Michigan, and he explored the use of incandescent light. Hey, Brian.
0: Brian. Brian. Yeah. I want to stop you there for just a second because I did not know that. And that's kind of a big deal. And the reason it's a big deal is because on one hand, I could say he may be responsible for really, really screwing up our food supply. I, I know the whole story. Yeah. Well, that, that,
4: I know that, 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 that's that,
0: why I brought it up because it's right. so funny. He, he, he and his right. brother, yeah. You know, wow. I
3: did. not he and his know brother that. invented the the brand cereal. Well, that's what the full circle nowadays is, is in the early 20th century. Out of control male libido was considered a societal problem.
0: Right, (laughs) right. Oh
3: wow! They they invented this boring cereal to hopefully address that lower male libido. And here we are nowadays in 2023, where we have a terrible issue with low testosterone and a lack of, you know, not just libido, but but normal male function that occurs from high testosterone levels. Like men are supposed to have high testosterone levels and. For example, if you get exposed to blue light like watching TV until like 10 o'clock at night, not only does it affect your sleep, you'll wake up the next day as a man and have 30, 40, 50% reduced testosterone levels in your blood from one day to the next. And you can recover from that. But yeah, if you, you know, day in and day out, uh, deal with that. You have a lot of young men nowadays in their 20s and their 30s who have very low testosterone and have a lot of, um, you know, undesirable symptoms that are related to that. It's not, you know, when a man has low testosterone, it's not just, it doesn't just affect, you know, sexual function. It affects the brain and the mood. The, the higher brain functions don't work as well. The, the, your, your energy levels and your, and your like your patience and your, and you're getting things done, attitude is, you become laxadaisical and you become weak in the mind, um, and it's very toxic too. But so it's it's really funny that, uh, that this is the same guy actually that invented the electric light bath, which sauna space is a modernization of that. Um, and 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 this is you know doing sauna and doing light therapy is one way to correct hormonal function. And it's you mentioned in the beginning metabolic syndrome. I just wanted to throw in a little gem here. Uh, so sauna therapy doesn't just purify the body through detoxification; it also reoptimizes protein function. The protein, the proteins of the line workers of the body, body they're doing all the work. And the heat shock proteins that are produced through sauna therapy um, basically repair and refold misfolded proteins. And one of those, for example could be the insulin receptor protein on the outside of the cell. So insulin is supposed to connect to it and create a, and deliver a signal. And when it's misfolded, you get insulin resistance because you have reduced insulin signaling. So the heat shock protein response from doing the sauna can correct the function of the insulin receptor protein and improve insulin signaling. So you have an example here where the heat therapy in the cell is correcting higher order hormonal function and you see reduced there's studies that show reduced insulin resistance. And so it's it's very powerful for correcting you know hormonal function, which are the it's like the master communication system of the whole body in such a safe, effective way. You know, we're not using drugs here and and, and invasive procedures. This is just sitting on your lazy butt and Whiting
0: that it out. Well <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. And that's another new one I did not know. I've studied insulin resistance a lot, a lot, and red light therapy a lot, and missed that one somehow. I that's a, another really interesting benefit that I wasn't aware of. I want to come back to the sauna, but I want to go back to just one thing real quick. The, this is something I've never really had a good understanding of. Clearly, there is something about the glass on the windshield of a vehicle that filters sunlight somehow because you don't get a sunburn. You can be driving all day long with the sun right on your skin and you don't get a sunburn. What, what are they filtering out? The ultraviolet?
3: Well, so... The, the, the... The, salt, the sunburn comes from the ultraviolet light. Yeah, that causes a chemical burn in the skin, and then the body reacts by creating melanin and you tan. But it's definitely burning you. It's a killer wavelength. So modern glass, not just automotive glass, but glass in homes, filters out ultraviolet light, but it also filters out the infrared light we're that referring to, the story. near-infrared and the right. mid-infrared we're referring to. Right. So that's good because it in the sense that it makes the home more energy efficient in certain climates, but you're also filtering out this healthy healing band of light that you really need. And the way they do that, they have chemicals they put in the glass and they use lead as well and metal, basically in the glass to filter out the infrared and also the ultraviolet. So you only have the visible light that comes in, but it's to the detriment of our health. Like ideally, on the south-facing wall of the home, you'd have clear glass so that you could lay in front of it and, and get the healing benefits from the sun. This is actually the first use of light therapy in terms of the human therapeutic predates electricity It predates the electric light bulb. It, 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 the original use of light therapy that I'm aware of anyway, for example, is when they would put red stained glass on windows, and for patients that had, for example, like lupus vulgaris, a very horrible skin disease that would kill people a long time ago, you would sit in front of the red stained glass and have the sun shine on you and it would filter out the most of the blue light and the ultraviolet light, but let in the red near infrared, the healing wavelength. Ah, and they would okay. they would actually they would heal skin diseases like lupus um just by understanding the the portions of the sunlight that are the most beneficial. And then they figured that out once they invented the electric light bulb that, Hey, this is producing light in the same way by incandescence. And we can mimic that same effect on the body. And and so you see like our light bulbs are red, red glass. They're a special red stained glass. And that's so that there's no blue light coming out of the bulb at all. It's just the the healing band of red and near infrared that, that is primarily admitted.
0: Excellent. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring that up, we have truck drivers. They don't want them to think, oh, well, I, you know, I can see the sun shining on my arm for a while and then it's on my head and my neck and I, I'm getting sunshine. No, you're not. You're getting a, a bastardized, horrendous version of sunshine that's not good for you.
3: Yeah, they're they're well. And the other thing, Kevin, is you know the arm is an ex, is an extremity. The the body is controlled by the organs and the torso. And when you sit in front of the sun with your shirt off, the near infrared light can penetrate four to five inches into the body. And those nice. of you who think that, or may have heard that far infrared penetrates deeper, that's not the case. Far infrared wavelengths are absorbed by water. It's only near infrared, and and also red light doesn't penetrate deeply either. It's only the 700 to 1,000 nanometer band, this near-infrared band that has been shown to penetrate up to 23 centimeters into the body, but on average, many inches into the body. So there's a huge difference between being in the truck, having your arm out the window and being outside with your shirt off. When you're outside with your shirt off, the near-infrared light is directly stimulating your liver and kidneys and guts and heart and brain. Uh, Um... In a way that you're not getting otherwise, and it's a huge difference. It's 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 helpful to you know shine it on the skin of the arm or just on any you know on the on the face, but it's so much more systemic and affecting deep organ function to expose these organs to the near infrared light, which you would Excellent. not get sitting indoors in front of a window, really. That especially when the windows are treated nowadays for energy efficiency.
0: Excellent. So. Let's stick on the the sunshine thing for a second, and then I do want to come back and talk more about the sauna effects. Uh, I uh, have checked my DNA um, like 90, almost 99 percent. My ancestors all came from far northern Scotland, far northern Europe. I was pretty shocked that the percentage was that high, but it was very, very fair skinned. I grew up constantly being sunburned, um, you know, then they came out with, because going back far enough, we really didn't have very effective sunscreens. Then they came out with sunscreen, and it got better and better, and now it turns out that was probably a really bad thing. Um, I, I'm not a fan of sunscreens at all anymore, but then I thought to myself, if it wasn't for sunscreen, how would I have even been able to enjoy the outdoors? It was like in the summertime, I could, Burn so easy. And I love the outdoors. I love water skiing and water sports and did a lot of stuff outside. And I was constantly either burning or constantly putting on sunscreen. And I thought, just seems odd. That doesn't make sense. I saw a post just this week. It was pretty interesting. It was from a woman of color. I don't know what her background was, but I, I believe it was one of the African countries actually. And the the post was all about how she had to do this walk for something. and It was like 15 or 20 minutes outside. She was sunburned. And I thought, wow, that's odd. And the difference for me now, I spend a lot of time out in the garden and I never use sunscreen anymore. If I feel like I've gotten too much sun, I either get out of it for a while or I just wear, you know, put on some sort of clothing that'll cover it and stay out there. But I'm shocked at how long I can stay out in the sun now and I don't burn. And I don't think most people realize this. I didn't. It's a nutritional issue.
4: Yeah, yeah, it absolutely
3: is. But you can also galvanize yourself um, and sort of like temper yourself against ultraviolet light that burns you by getting near for light exposure. So. First of all, when you're really light skinned like you are being, it's, you know, having ethnically from Scotland, you are designed, you know, your your, your biology is programmed to live in that environment. The northern clients where you got a lot less sun on a daily and monthly and annual basis than someone who lives near the equator. So your lighter skin lets in more light. So you need less light to nourish yourself you know on a daily basis, someone who has very dark skin, who's African um, or just very, very dark from the equatorial latitudes may need three or four times the daily sun exposure as you would need to get the same you know benefit that they need to 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 be optimal. Having said that, though early morning light is uh, near infrared light, for example, is photoprotective against ultraviolet light. And so in the morning, the amount of red and near-infrared light in, from the sun is much higher proportionally than ultraviolet and blue. So the best sun of the day is right at sunrise up until like 11 a.m. And during those hours, you can dose yourself up with a, a more near-infrared centric light from the sun, And it protects you from sunburn. It actually protects you from the effects of ultraviolet light exposure during the day.
0: So let me jump in there because I I hate to admit this, but I try to be completely transparent. Here's another area where for years I've been giving the wrong advice. Everything I've read from people I really respect on health that has been that you should go out and get your sun exposure at solar noon. I mean, I even told people how to look up solar noon in your area. And, you know, that's when you're getting the most intense light or. But now what you're saying makes a you, lot of sense.
3: You, you are. You are. And, and solar noon light is good. You do need a, a good dose of sunlight today. But especially if you're light skinned, you should prepare yourself with early morning light. Uh, mm-hmm. So that with the solar noon light, the zenith of the sun, when it's high, has a lot of ultraviolet light and blue light in it, and those are high energy so, wavelengths that are killer that damage you so but they so, but at the same time at noon you're still getting a huge dose of near infrared, so all day long you're getting near infrared light
0: it's just the, well, the, I, the ratio of let, of them changes let's think about it again so. All we're saying is we got the healthiest version of all of this when we lived as hunter-gatherers because we were just naturally outside during all of these sun cycles.
3: Yeah, so, so yes, ideally, you know, you're out there in the morning and then, yes, you could be out more in the, in the midday, but to not get any morning sun at all and then to go out at 1 p.m. and lay at the beach is and and then and then you sunburn uh that's not ideal although getting some sun versus getting no sun at all, I say, this is right. totally indoors right is also better you know so it's 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 what can you do but but certainly the, the vitamin d is also important you know it's not like ultraviolet light is all bad it's it's the dose dependent effect where it is beneficial to the body or we produce vitamin d when we get exposed to it but Again, if you look at the sun, what we talked about before, seventy percent of the photons you absorb, seventy percent of the energy you absorb, is in that healing near infrared band that has all the mitochondrial effects. It's it's not the ultraviolet light. The ultraviolet light is only a few percent of the sunlight. So maybe and even I, just that few percentage is is very damaging, um, as it were.
0: Maybe I learned something else new. Because there is a nutritional factor in whether you burn or tan. I was really shocked by that. So enough so that even somebody very dark skinned with poor nutrition can actually burn. And somebody like myself with very pale skin with the right nutrition, I don't burn nearly as easily as I used to and stay out much longer. You know, you talked about kind of hardening yourself. And I always thought, well, if I go out in the sun and I do it right a little bit at a time, and I start to tan a little bit, then I then I know I'm more protected. I can feel it. But for me, it would disappear in just a couple of days. You know, a couple of days of no sun, it got cloudy for a couple of days. And the next day I know I'm burning again, and I got to go back out, kind of ease my way into it. That changed with the nutrition pretty dramatically, and I was shocked by that. But I'm also wondering I call your light the, the single bulb light that's my happy light. I love that. thing. I get up in the morning, I sit in front of it, I do my reading. So I'm getting that dose then, right? It, that probably has something to do as well with me being more protected in the afternoon.
3: Yeah, and you're right that you, you know the nutri- there's a lot of nutritional aspects you can address. I would just drop one in real quick. You could take astaxanthin it's a supplement that you can take and that you can take that. Like if you go to Hawaii or something and to to prevent sunburn and there's other things you can take in your, your diet too. So yeah, diet is really relevant, but when you're, if you have a sauna space at home, whether it's the sauna or just the photon therapy light that you have, your happy light. Yes, you can absolutely dose yourself in the morning with that on, on the body. And also like when you wake up in the morning, if you reach for your phone and you blast your face with blue light, <laughs> it really, it, it messes up. It has like a effect on your nervous system that's stressful and messes the calibration of your day up. Whereas if you wake up and you grab this, your happy light, your photon light, and you get this nice dose of near infrared, it's it's not just the photoprotective protective effect against the ultraviolet light from the sun. There's also like a brain programming that occurs where it, it, it sets your brain to work right for the day, just like our ancestors had the sunrise. Right, and you can actually watch the sun. You know, there's there's folks that actually gaze into the sun for the first few minutes of the day, and that's because there's no ultraviolet light coming from the sun for the first like three to five minutes of the day. So you can you can mimic this concept of of getting lots of near infrared before you get on the onslaught of ultraviolet light at home with with my products uh, for yeah. example whether it's a sauna or the, the 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 photon light but you can also use the photon light we should talk about it. you can use it all day long at the firelight yes so people use it next to the computer for screen fatigue you use it for like literally having a fireplace next to you all day long and our ancestors had this too they we've had fire that we've created for Maybe fifty, maybe a hundred thousand years potentially, and and it's this this spectrum of light that comes from my bulbs is the is the spectrum from the from the bonfire, you know, from the wow. fireplace. It's something okay. where we have this light. Yeah, we had it all day long, and that's really the difference between our saunas and other infrared saunas. Is our spectrum is a firelight spectrum that is near infrared focused, so we're getting a lot of the light therapy at the same time as the heat, and it just kind of gives you that aha. Like wow, this there's something about this light that feels good, and it's right. very attractive to people, and it's calming, and just like I'm sitting in front of the fireplace.
0: So you and I spoke. I reached out to you for some ideas on products in the truck. We've talked to, about that. And I want to continue pursuing that. But so if we can figure out a convenient way to mount the photon light in the truck somewhere near the driver's seat, so we can get this benefit all day. You're saying that's, that's fine. That's a good use of this light that you can use this all day long.
3: Yeah. When you, when you use it for targeted therapy, it's used, you know, one and a half to two and a half feet from the body and you target a spot directly, the naked flesh for symptom relief, for local relief. But you can also just have it next to you, not directly like pointing at you. And, you know, just like a lamp as it were. And it. It creates this bubble of healthy light environment around you that has a correcting effect. It cancels out blue light. It cancels out flickering light from, think of all your LED screens around you. And it has a calming effect on the nervous system. And when you don't use it directly on the body, yes, you can have it on all day long uh, next to you anytime you're awake. And in fact, during that day, you can also cycle in times where you're shining it directly on your body for target benefit.
0: Got it. You know, I, and that's kind of the way I use it in the morning. When I first wake up, I actually, now it's getting to the point where it's already light sometimes, but especially in the wintertime time, I wake up and I'm going to be in the dark for several hours in the morning, I'll put it in a room where it's the only light. And then, you know, the day starts to lighten and I, I just, I love the way that light makes me feel. And then throughout the day, I'll kind of move it around with me as I work in different places and sit down and read, I'll carry it around with me. Now I'm going to have to get a second one because I introduced it to my wife and now she wants to carry it around where she's going to be. So I think we're going to have to have two of them. But I also, I'm really excited about that idea of, of figuring out a way to make this easy to use in the cab while they're driving. And, um, You've already got some really cool design features on there we'll talk about. So I do want to come back to that issue in the light in the truck. We talked about maybe even a sauna kit and a sleeper kind of thing. But I want to talk about sauna. Um, I know we've got to cut you loose here in a little bit. So this may be one of the other reasons why I got more confused around this issue as I, I started reading. Because there really are two Kind of very different things going on. We do have the impact of the light, the wavelengths of the light itself. You said it interacts with the cells and the tissues and the organs. And then we have the heat, the sauna effect. And and I want to talk about the benefits of, of sauna. Is there, I don't even know if we can separate this is there any difference if we set aside the benefit we're getting from the light itself and we're only looking at the heat, is there any difference in the different ways that I can get my body hot and make it sweat? For example, exercise will do this, right? I can get my body really hot and it starts to sweat. So I I should have a detox effect there. Sauna, whether it's just the traditional, you know, finish sauna where it's a dry heat or a steam room or now we have infrared that we can get us hot and sweat. Another one I don't think people think of, I do it a lot. So um hot water. You know, are we sweating in hot water and are all these ways of sweating are we getting the same benefits or are they different? That's the question I'm trying to get to is is when I use infrared to heat my body up and make it sweat, am I getting the exact same benefits as just plain heat, or are there differences in all these ways of sweating?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. So let's clear it up. If you look at the sauna, the long term human population studies where we see longevity increase and reduction in risk of dying of all things, reduction in risk of heart disease, reduction in risk of dementia, very powerful. Compelling studies it, it all it all comes down to getting the outcome of each sauna session and then repeating that three times a week so when you sit when you want to do a sauna session, your goal is to sweat out one pound of water and raise core temperature in the body about three degrees Fahrenheit okay and you can measure that with a thermometer and you can measure that by weighing yourself before and after a sauna session because the weight loss you incur is the sweat you've sweat out. So you can gauge these outcomes. And then if you ideally, even one day a week will lead to incredible results, but uh, three days a week appears to be the sweet spot. That's what the research says. So sweat out a pound of water and raise core temperature three degrees. The question becomes like, how do I do that? What technology do I use to do that? You could just pour put your, run your tap water and and fill up your tub with the hottest water possible and get in there and you get a a mild sauna effect. You can lay in the sun and also get a mild sauna effect. You can be in a hot tub. You could be in a finished sauna, a far infrared sauna. You could be in one of the sauna space, incandescent bulb near-infrared saunas. The question becomes like, well, how do I, what's the most effective way to sweat out one pound of water and raise core temperature three degrees? And that's where the, really the difference comes in. If we want to do that the most fast, the most efficient way, it's really the way I do it because I'm using radiant light or using light itself that penetrates deeply into your body to heat your body from within. So we don't need the air to be hot and we don't have to wait for the air to be hot. Um, in, In my sauna, you get inside, turn the lights on, and you're sweating within 10 to 15 minutes and your session is done in 25 minutes, like start to finish. In most saunas, a finished sauna or, or farm infrared sauna or a steam sauna, you're waiting for the air to get hot, and then the air is heating you conductively from the outside in. It's not really radiant, deeply penetrating heat. So in those types of saunas, your sauna session is an hour long, and you may have to preheat it for half an hour to an hour as well. So it becomes an involved um, experience where mine is just quick and efficient And to the point, what are the outcomes we want? We want the temp increase and the sweating. And when, and and to answer your other question, um, um, like when you, when you heat the body up a little bit, you definitely get heat therapy benefits. You, You know, even the photon light, your little happy light that we, that we offer. When you heat up that local tissue on your arm or your shoulder, you're you're activating heat shock protein production. But if we look at the sort of like disease benefits and like these really impressive results, that comes from heating the whole body up. It's not just doing a portion of the body and a little bit of heat therapy or just heating the body up maybe a little bit. It's heating the body up significantly by three degrees and getting a strong sweat response that we see these benefits. And then actually the third question you had was like, well, I can, I'm exercising, I'm doing sauna. Are they the same thing? I'm sweating in both. The answer is no, Kevin. The, the, when you, when you exercise, you're using all of the energy that you produce for, um, for locomotion for, and all the, all the blood is pumping to the heart muscles and lungs to like exercise, to move contrast that with being in the sauna. The sauna is actually, by the way, like a 60 to 100 kilowatt workout. So it is this. it has the same similar cardiovascular benefits of a workout, but you're sitting there not doing anything. So all this energy and increased blood flow and stuff that's going on is going towards healing the body. And when you measure the sweat concentration of toxins, you see that the toxin concentration in a sauna sweat is much higher than that of sweating while doing intense exercise. So the difference in sweating is with, with exercise, you're, you're cooling off with the sweat more than anything. But with sauna, you're, you're both cooling off, but you're having a powerful, efficient uh, toxin elimination process via sweating. Very unique that, to sweating passively.
0: That's interesting. I want to stay on that topic for a minute, but before I do, I, I just looked at the clock. We're, we're at the top of the hour, and I know that's what we had you scheduled for. Are you okay still?
3: Yeah, I'm fine, I can stay on for a little
0: bit. Okay, so I wanna go back to this, cause this was something else that, that I, I know we talk about it, it gets touched on now and then, I'm not sure if people understand how important what you just said is. We have been told forever, you know, virtually everything we've been told about health is wrong. But this whole idea, calories in, calories out, so you're going to have to go get your heart rate up to this area and you're going to have to stand on the treadmill for an hour and a half a day, three times a week, or whatever they've always tried to tell us. Um, and now what we're saying, and I even have a hard time kind of accepting that this is real, but it is. You said this passive activity where we're just sitting there, but our heart rate goes up. You can measure that. It can go up very significantly from this. Lots of physical changes happen. Our blood sugar changes. I've measured all kinds of crazy stuff. We can get those cardiovascular benefits that we've been told forever. You've got to do this. You have to walk 10,000 steps. You got to do this. We're, we're too inactive these days. And, and yet, we can get those cardiovascular and health benefits of a cardio workout just by doing this. How similar are the results? I mean, I'm almost hearing the way you just yeah, described it. The it's results like, are actually better than going and doing 40 minutes of cardio. Well,
3: yeah, you you, you still need to do some intense exercise, right? Right, routinely. Right. I definitely agree with that, but. But the sauna, it stands on its own as a beneficial experience for for purification, for rejuvenation, for correcting and cleanse, like fixing things that are broken in the body. But it definitely also functions as a workout. It functions as up to a 100 kilowatt workout. That's like a mild aerobic exercise every time you go in the sauna. And I'm talking about calories, calories, you know, utilized and also passive weight loss. So the body stores toxins and fat to hide it. And you can sit in the sauna and and actually engage in fat loss of unwanted fat because when the body wants to metabolize that unwanted fat, that fat tissue, it has to detox all the toxins that are in there. And so it's ideally situated in the sauna to do that in this detoxification process versus um exercising on the treadmill the exercise is important but it really should be followed up with a sauna session for for the reasons stated and also for post-workout recovery like detoxing lactic acid and things to reduce muscle soreness and recover from the strain of the exercise but yeah sauna is totally stands on its own as a mild workout you're not doing anything there but you are doing so much at the same
0: time you know that this kind of perfect for me. I like hearing this. I have to admit, I hate cardio type workouts. I'd much rather do resistance training. Um, and when I set up my stress protocol, there's virtually no cardio in there. There is high intensity resistance training, short duration, high intensity yeah. resistance training. And then there's the sauna factor. And that's pretty complete. I like that. That's uh that's interesting to know that they're they're really. I think if more people understood the the correlation between all the benefits we're getting from the sauna and how close they are to a cardio workout, with more we're getting other benefits from all of this. I, I don't think people realize how significant that is.
4: Yeah, and
3: it's, in health, there's a lot of focus on exercise, and exercise is important, but nowadays. With the toxin exposure we have with our weird synthetic stressful lifestyle, the need to detox and purify the body is is not as well understood or respected, but probably more essential in a way um, just to maintain proper bodily function and avoid yeah. development of disease. It's cleansing the body constantly. Uh, so if I don't have time for a workout and a sauna, I'm going to hit the sauna uh, 10 times. But I don't. Don't diminish the value of exercise. I do agree with you that high-intensity, short duration is more effective, it seems, than anything. And that's what I also do. But I also take time to go out and take walks in the sun where I'm not doing a marathon. But I get the sunlight and I get, you know, mild cardio workout. And I enjoy myself, which is, I think, really important, too. Don't just do things here because you're told they're good for your health. Like, find something that you enjoy.
0: So I think, I told you I've been working on the stress protocol for a couple of years. I worked a lot on sleep because those two really are tied closely together. And What I've come down to, I don't know that there's a lot more left for me to learn. And I don't want to be arrogant about that, but I have really done a lot of reading, a lot of testing, a lot of talking to people like you that have that have really helped me figure out a lot of these issues. What I've come down to, you know, nutrition, we've got a pretty darn good handle on that. You know, we, we know the types of foods we should be eating, the quality, the sourcing, all of that. And again, we're still really trying to mimic, you know, the way our ancestors ate. So now I really come down to this stress and sleep issue nutrition's there, but we're handling the nutrition. We're doing everything we can around that. The biggest challenge is our lifestyle is so out of whack with our biology. You mentioned that earlier. How do we continue to mimic the way we lived in this modern world? And then I go one step further. How can I do that for truck drivers because they have an even more unique kind of daily experience that we have to overcome, and and I think I'm there. I think what we've talked about today, and again, whether or not you're going to take the time and the effort to do all of this, but this is how we're going to fix this problem for a truck driver. Here's like the ideal day, and you're going to have to help us, Brian. You're going to have to make your products, um, like you and I have talked about, really making them fit this environment in the truck. But you know, you wake up. In a truck, and no matter where you are, if you're someplace where it's not going to be sunny that day or it's wintertime or whatever, you wake up and you spend, you know, the first part of your morning with the happy light on, and then we can have it on while we're driving if we can figure that out. I really like that idea. We have to take a 30-minute break every day. It's part of our hours of service. I'm encouraging people. I've developed this stress buster protocol that you can do in less than an hour just a little more than that 30 minute break you have to take anyway i would say that if if you've got the weather and it's sunny outside get outside and do that you know near solar noon would be great do that for your break and, and we work in the other stress busting protocols that we do we do some breathing techniques that lower stress levels during this time You could be doing some sauna therapy or, like I said, if you can get out in the sun, do that. And then in the evening, several times a week, be able to do a true sauna session in the truck with your lights. If we can make that work, I think that's, with all the technology I know of and everything else going on, for a truck driver, I think that could be the ideal day as far as getting as much of this good red light and sauna therapy as possible.
3: Yeah, that sounds that sounds beautiful. I think I think definitely, Kevin, as a starting point, using the photon light right when you wake up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially if you're having to wake up before sunrise or you're in a climate where it's, it's, it's wintry. Um, doing that right when you wake up just on the face and just as you're kind of waking up and moving around as you prepare for the day as a trucker, that would be incredibly beneficial. And then just having it next to you all day long, it, it, it provides so much neuropsychiatric relief. You know, it, it just makes you happy and feel good. Um, and it's something that where if you're if you're in the same spot, you can just have it next to you, like for the trucker, it would just be in the seat next to them. And just and when you don't need it, you turn it off. But as right. soon as you want it, you, you know, it's just you turn it on and you have it. And just having that and using that to, yeah get this nutrient that you're supposed to get each day, bring it into this indoor environment and have it as much as possible. I think it's a real big shift. We see that, you know, in people who work at home and most many people work at home now is, is, is having this light on next to them all day long really helps get them through the day and helps them maintain productivity and, and positive mood in an in indoor environment.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I want to continue working with that, uh, that idea. Uh, let's figure out a way to make this really convenient yeah. uh, in the cab first, then, then we'll work on uh, the other ideas. I'm, I'm getting ready to build my sauna. I've been using kind of a tent and then I've tried different light sources inside. And one of the reasons why we decided to reach out to you and partner, because I've tried lots and lots of different lights inside, I've tried lots of, um, uh, far infrared generators and mixed and matched. And when I added your light, everything changed. I mean, even to the sauna effect, the, the, the heating effect of your bulbs are incredible. And like you say, it, it's different. You feel that, you know what it feels like, and, and it makes sense that it does, when you go out in the sun. And especially yeah. on one of those like spring days where we're experiencing now where the air is cold, but yet you feel that that heat coming from the sun that it your body's getting hot but you're thinking it's cold outside why am i feeling that heat where is it coming from that that's what we're experiencing right
2: yeah
3: absolutely if you if you sit in front of our lamps and you close your eyes and imagine you're in in the sun the feeling is the same it's it's that near infrared that penetrating heat that it nourishes the cells, and it really, it really makes you your cells happy, and it makes your brain happy, and it, a feel good type of heat. It's not an oppressive or claustrophobic type right. of heat. It's a very, very enjoyable type of heat that we're programmed to get. So yeah, of course, it definitely feels like the sun because it's mimicking that that near infrared spectrum that we get from
0: the sun. Excellent. One more question, and then Lauren, I'll turn it over to you if you have anything. And then Brian, will let you get on with your day. Um, Why is it that some days, and I know a lot of people say this as well, some days I get in the sauna and within minutes I'm starting to sweat and I will just sweat like crazy. And then other days it seems like I just can't get that sweat to start. And when I do, it's just not the same. Is it a matter of just hydration levels or is there something else going on?
3: Yeah, it's quite often hydration levels that can be based on, you know, you want to drink water before and after the session, but also the way way your day went the day before. If you're if you stayed up late and you're really sleepy in the morning, uh, and you're you're a little strung out, that can lead to a different sweat response okay. in the body. Also, if you do something before the sauna, like if you if you take a walk or get your heart rate up, uh. A little bit, you increase your body temperature a little bit. When then, when you get in the sauna, you can uh, sweat quicker. That makes sense. Um, okay. Okay. So you know, people who are, if you do a workout and then get in the sauna, like you'll be sweating almost immediately usually. But but it's it's definitely quite often a hydration issue. I I my sweat response varies in there sometimes as well, just like yours day to day. And and what's interesting though is. There's this effect from the sun. It's, this is kind of like fancy physics, but it's called water structuring. It's where uh, yes. the light from the sun it basically puts water in a more bioavailable electronic state. So it's like this quantum mechanical stuff, but essentially, um, the the deeply penetrating infrared light corrects the. The quantum state of the water and makes it more bioavailable. So when you sit in the sauna or you sit with the happy light, you are literally hydrating yourself by making the water that's already inside your body more, more available for proper function and, and use. So it's kind of interesting to think that actually when you get in the sauna space, sauna you're, you're literally hydrating yourself and and getting out of the sauna you know a little more hydrated than you were, um, when you started. But having said that. The body uses water in the liquid state to eliminate. So you do need to have water so your body can use that.
0: Brian, one of the things I love having yes. guests like you on was so much deep knowledge on a topic. I, last example of this was I did a mini series with Sally K. Norton about oxalates. Yeah, and we solved a bunch of mysteries, things that you know we've, we've thought about for a long time, can't really figure out. Um, same thing is happening now. Um, so I've got this weird phenomenon, and I have not been able to figure out. So have you worked with any of these body composition scales that kind of tell you your muscle mass and body fat? And have you worked with any of those at all? Uh, I, I, not directly. I mean, I'm familiar with them. but Okay, so. I did a big test on them. I have three of them down in my, my biohacking room. Uh, and I've played around trying to figure out which one might be more accurate. And they, they use an electrical charge, a really mild electrical charge, to kind of figure out body composition. Um, it, they're not all that accurate. We'll say that. They're kind of all over the board. One of the things that affects the reading is your hydration level. And that would make sense because water conducts electricity. If you change the amount of water, you're going to get different resistance. So if you want these things, these scales to kind of be good information, you have to try to maintain the same hydration level or either that learn how to compare. And And one of the scales that I'm using actually measures the hydration level. So it kind of tells us. So I've, I've, Tried to use that to keep track and figure out when is this thing most accurate at what hydration level. But there was something weird that was happening. I would check the scale and my body fat would be one thing. My muscle mass would be another. My hydration level would be this. I would go in the sauna and this only started to occur when I started using your light. Then after the sauna, I would Rinse off real quick in the shower and I would weigh myself again because I learned that from you that, that I had that goal. I was trying to lose a pound of water weight during that session. So I kept measuring this. One of the weird things that kept happening was after I would have this massive sweat event on the scale, my hydration level would go through the roof. And I thought, that makes absolutely no sense. I,
3: I, wow, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah,
0: I kept thinking, well, these scales are, are not accurate at all. It's telling me the opposite of what just happened. My hydration level should have dropped dramatically. You lose a pound of water, that's a lot. And yet my hydration level was going way up. I thought scales just must not be able to figure this out. or But maybe the scales got it exactly right.
3: Well, yeah, there's, there's, an, there's an interesting phenomenon. So so water is a very important function in the body. Our bodies are like 70% water by weight or something, and but yeah. like 99% water volumetrically. So we're like beings of water and beings of light, and water is used to communicate in the body in between cells and uh, in, in, the, in the fascia and in between, between the cells and, and the organs and tissues. And it works best when it's in a structured water state. It, it it performs biological functions the best. So um the body is constantly trying to structure the water inside of it and get it in a, this more effective fourth state, this bioavailable state. And so yeah, when you when you're in the sun or you're in the sauna, you're you're taking that water that's not maybe in an optimal state in the body and you're putting it in an optimal state. And when it's in that optimal state, it, as a communication vector, as a nutrient delivery vehicle, um, and as in so many other functions of the body, they're all working better. So that's what hydration means, is when water is doing its proper function in the body. So I I, I love what you said. I've never tested that, actually, and, and never heard about that before. That's fascinating. But it does make sense. Yeah. Because you, you're getting a huge, water structuring effect when you're in the sauna with the four lights and you're doing a solid 20-minute session. Very interesting.
0: Yeah, it really is. Wow. you take a question from a caller real quick? Sure. All right, let's do that. Let's go to Kansas City. Jay, welcome to the program.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me. I love your products, love your company. I've got the four bulb in my truck. Love the design, the quality, the independent switches. That's incredible. Appreciate you doing that. A um, couple wow. quick questions and a really big, quick question. Um, designing the new one, I tuned in late, but do you guys have a release date on that yet or approximate? Yeah.
0: We're really no, only, but yeah, it's, it's, we,
5: We're just kind of having the discussion, right? Yeah. Okay. Part of that, if possible, a lot of us are employee drivers, and like my company, we can do a lot of things, but we can't screw in or mount anything in the truck. It makes it a little hard when you're customizing stuff. But I don't know if that's something that's possible when you're designing the new thing. And another thing is. I'm sure you know this, but a lot of vibrations all day long and definitely some big bumps. So I, I've got the four panels. Everyone so I ever fly I have to unscrew the screen, make sure the bulb is tight and I'm always afraid I'm going to break it. But you know, that's something on the design level that I, I'm sure you're taking into consideration. Yeah. But, now
0: Jay, that's excellent feedback.
5: Yeah, Thank you for that.
3: Yeah. I appreciate the feedback. It's, it's definitely was originally designed for you know non-mobile you know in-home use, but we have yeah, we do have some things in mind, Jay, for basically upgrading the durability of some of the components. It's more draw proof and that would that would apply to that same situation. But yeah, we're we're actively looking into this because a solution needs to be made, and we're really ideally placed to figure something out here. And I think we're we'll just Start slow, start trying stuff out, and I do appreciate the feedback. Yeah, so if you're an employee truck, you have to have something that just kind of fits in there and it's not fixed to the
5: wall. And, And then obviously we have different styles of trucks. And then even with the different models of trucks or manufacturers, there's different models every three, four, five years where they change everything up above us and around us. Okay. I know that's frustrating, but...
0: Yeah, Jay, so w- one of the things, and, and Brian, uh, the last time you and I talked, and I know you're a busy guy, did you ever get a chance to stop at a truck dealer and look inside?
3: Yeah, I did. I actually, not at a dealer, but I actually saw a sleeper, a few of them actually, uh, like, yeah, they're they can be quite different, uh, and right. are bigger than
5: others.
0: Yes, yeah, so... Those are the challenges you know like you said think as a partnership we're really well placed here you've got the manufacturing experience the lights and i do before we let you go and i keep saying one more thing but i do want to go back and talk about design and quality because that that is a big big deal here and it one of the first things that jay mentioned you can't help but notice the design and quality of this product is off the charts. Compared to any other product, and, and if we were comparing it to an automobile, it would be a very, very high-end luxury vehicle. Uh, it really is an incredible product in the way you designed and manufactured it.
4: Well, thank you
3: so much. We are, all of our stuff is handmade in Columbia, Missouri, in the Midwest. And it started and invented there, and to be carefully made there but that's just i, I tried to build things and design things build things to last and it, i also want them to be beautiful
0: i was just gonna say it's also a thing of beauty really is. it's just i i can't say that it enough. is it was yeah. one of the first things that struck me was the quality the design the beauty it it stands above and like i said yeah. not just in sauna any product category you know it, it Apple is always the, the example of, you know, beautiful design and functionality. It, it's that level of quality, really.
3: Wow, thank you. I really appreciate that.
5: <laughs> my main question, I plan on buying my own truck probably within a year or so, depending on the economy. What I was thinking is you definitely make the material there. You, I was looking at not just the sauna blanket part of it, but the EMF protection blanket. I had an idea for something that would go kind of underneath my mattress and up above or on the bottom of the bunk and kind of create an EMF protected bunk, basically. Interesting. So I live in Kansas City. You're a couple hours away I thought one day maybe I would coordinate with you guys and stop by or just send in measurements at the least and do something a little bit more customizable because I know you guys cut and sew and do everything there in-house, correct?
3: That's correct and we've invented our own or we've developed our own uh, EMF shielding fabric. It's a silver-based organic cotton material. Mm-hmm. And we're the only ones that are doing organic right now, which is strange, like, but there it is so yeah we 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 only custom make our our stock products, but we have developed the material and we're definitely open to trying out new stuff it's It's very effective you know you want to have EMF protection in your healing space, so we offered that incorporated into that into our saunas but certainly also you're right on point in thinking about how to protect your bed space because when you sleep, avoiding that 24-hour stress of the EMFs is, yeah. is really ideal. It's really optimal and you can, you can block it out with the fabric we make. Um, and what you would ideally wanna do, Jay, is <clears throat> is line the whole area where you sleep so you create a six-sided box that the cell phone signal can't really get inside I don't, you know, there's definitely some design considerations inside of a sleeper are, to be addressed, but essentially, it's a simple concept. Are, you
0: are we, are we making it,
2: a Faraday cage? It.
3: Yeah, that's why we call our 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 son of the Faraday infrared son because I thought it's so. a grounded yeah. Faraday cage, and and so it's very important to make it a Faraday cage, have it six sided, fully covered, full coverage with overlapping seam. And then to ground it as well, which <clears throat> presents some challenges in an automobile. But there's some things to consider there, and you would everybody would benefit from sleeping in a shielded bedroom.
5: Yeah, I um, bought an EMF meter, so. and everything is just off the charts in these trucks, and
2: it,
3: yeah. it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, hey. and now it's not, your EMF it's everywhere you go. Everywhere, yeah. hey. the cell phone signal is everywhere.
0: So. Hey, hey, Brian, with all of the research I did on stress and sleep, what I really came up with is, ideally, we should be designing sleep pods. It, it, it really is probably yeah. the best way of doing. It. I mean, you can you know do a lot of work in your bedroom and get rid of a lot of things, and and ideally, I think if we could figure out like a good sleep pod uh, kind of protects you from all of this stuff that interferes with our sleep. The, the little bit of light pollution I've read just these tiny little indicator lights you have on things can impact our sleep at night. If they're in your bedroom and they recommend covering them. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So ideally I really came up with this idea of a sleep pod that, you know, sound, light, EMF, Really creates a more natural sleeping environment
3: absolutely and and you know in a, in a permanent home, you can use shielding paints carbon based shielding paints, and create a faraday cage in the bedroom and then you ground it out through the outlet system so you have a grounded cage and you can yeah right. supply that to a sleeper as well, but more or sometimes it might Any situations, it's easier to just use the shielding fabric um, to create the same effect.
5: And your email shielding fabric that is independent of your other fabric, which is just basically the sauna effect for the fabric, correct? Keeping the heat in. Yeah, correct. Our our
3: standard uh, it's it's organic cotton canvas. That's the hold in the seat for insulation effect, and it's organic, clean, washed. Uh, fabric, but the, the EMF shielding fabric is thirty-five percent silver, sixty-five percent organic washed cotton, and that's specifically designed okay. just to block the, the EMF.
5: Gotcha? Quick question. I used to take ice baths or ice shower or cold showers after working out, but I realized that's kind of that's not ideal. You're inflaming the body and stuff, but so I stop doing that for at least four hours afterwards. But what about using the red light therapy about timing afterwards and timing on how long would that be beneficial? As far as in relation to cold uh, therapy? Working out, especially if you're doing a really hard workout or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Using yeah. your product well, afterwards. Well, you—you I'm going to give you two answers.
2: <laughs>
3: the first is you can do... Okay. Near, You can use light therapy to to, uh, to activate and strengthen the cells so that you can lift more and you can work out stronger. But, and so that's doing it before the workout. But I more recommend using it after the workout for workout recovery. When you work out really intensely, you generate a lot of lactic acid and, and, and cellular waste. And so doing the sauna session right after the workout accelerates. Um, workout recovery and reduces muscle pain after workout, and also with the workout you're jacking up the body, you're, you're stressing it out the nervous system, gets into the fight or flight state. So, following up with the sauna has a huge effect on calming the nervous system and getting it back into that rest and digest and heal state. And you also get what's called an HRV increase, heart rate variability increase in the sauna after well. well regardless of whether you do an exercise beforehand. So if you're going to do exercise, ideally sauna follows it up immediately. Um, but it can be done before as well, depending on, you know, how it fits in your schedule. There's not any contraindication. Gotcha. Just- there's not like, there's no badness. It's not bad to do the sauna before the workout. But I think it's ideal to do the sauna after the workout for the calming of the body that occurs in the workout recovery.
0: Hey, Brian,
5: for those Jay, benefits,
0: would that just be let me? Yeah, let me jump in there real quick, because we are talking about this. There's an, another issue. So, Brian, when I talked about the, the stress protocol I was working on, the idea was to build stress resilience. And I came up with it, like I said, several things. All of them make you pretty uncomfortable, hot, mm-hmm. hot exposure, cold exposure. High-intensity resistance training and breathing were kind of like the four pillars. And then I tried to figure out, you know, how can we make this practical on the road and not make it a two-hour session that you have to do all the time? So I started kind of stacking things, and I wanted to get your opinion. Aren't you familiar with Wim Hof breathing? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. So one of the things I combined was four rounds of Wim Hof breathing is about 20 to 25 minutes for most people. My, my timing ends up right in there. A lot of it depends on how long you can hold your breath. And four rounds right there at that 20, 25 minute mark, I started doing the breathing in the sauna session. And it actually seems like to me, it's actually magnifying both effects.
2: Okay. Yes, definitely.
3: I would. When you're doing the sauna and you're in the sauna, I mean, I highly recommend uh, some type of breath work exercise. A lot of people are familiar with Wim Hof. There's other breathing methods as well. But when you're in there, you're, you know, breath work is very therapeutic. It calms the mind. It It's part of doing good meditation. And it definitely is it's synergistic with. Sauna experience, and also you're already in the sauna. Why, why not do some work and <laughs> good sort of stack your benefits? You're trying to stack everything. We're doing the sauna, the light therapy, the grounding right. therapy, the breath work, and the meditation, the sensory deprivation, as well, um, and the, sort of the escape into ourselves, yeah. time to ourselves. It's it's, a, it's another like
5: why not?
0: Excellent, good, good. All right, Jay, go ahead.
5: Is it? Um, I'm trying to get out and ground more walking around barefoot, which I love to do. I've always liked it as a kid and everything. My family thinks I'm weird, but I just feel better getting sun, grounding. Um, well, you can do it, but it's not always easy out here, and you're not for sure where you're walking on with pee and crap, dog crap all over the place, so it's a little hard sometimes. So is it possible to actually ground a truck? If it was not while you're driving, sorry, when you're sleeping or whatever. And I know I don't like pulling in and putting out a rod in the ground or anything. Is there other ways of doing that? Because we're on concrete, we nine hours of the time. Right.
3: Right, you're on asphalt, plus you're, you're on the rubber tires. Yeah. So, you know, when you're housing, right. it's not easy to ground it, really. But yeah, when you stop, you can there's ways you can connect to ground. Like if you have an external outlet connection that you can plug into, there's your ground. You can just use a ground, a, a wall adapter gotcha. and plug a ground table right into the ground prong of the outlet of any like resting spot that you're staying at. Um, there's other ways to, it's just, it's something that honestly I'd like to explore more in depth. now that I'm sort of acquainted with, y'all uh, y'all's situation and we're working on stuff there, there's there got to be a solution out there uh, yeah for it. but it takes it's going to take some investigation
5: there's a lot of areas in the health realm being explored right now a lot of knowledge and technology, but that's one that's just kind of just get out and walk <laughs> that's pretty much been it seen some interesting stuff like your bed King at and where his beds in the house were grounded I thought that was pretty cool it got me thinking but I haven't been able to find anything you know they, uh, real quick would you for, wake up in the morning to hey, get a red light hey real quick
0: they make now this isn't going to work in the truck because of the issues we just talked about but for home they make grounding yeah. mats to sleep on and they plug into the yeah. grounding outlet they grow they plug into that prong of the gr- grounding outlet and then you put it on your bed. And that does help with some grounding while you sleep.
2: Yeah. yeah the, the, ground, morning,
3: <laughs> the grounding doesn't in, in, in your home is you have electric fields from your electricity. It's a low voltage. It's 60 Hertz electric fields from, from electricity that's leaking around the house and it gets in your body and raises your body's voltage. And, stresses out various systems of the body. It causes oxidative stress. When you have a grounded source next to you, the electric fields prefer to go to that, to go to the lower electrical potential and go to ground. So ideally you have a grounding that is like surrounding you, but you're not touching it because you don't want to be a part of ground and become the neutral and be part of the pathway of the electric fields that are escaping. So it's kind of it's not easy it's not straightforward necessarily to to do effective grounding in the home but the idea is sound to keep these electric fields that are in our indoor environment from going into us and they love to go into the human body that's that's conductive and it's a source of lower potential that they can go towards but uh, grounding mats and actually like a, a Faraday bed canopies which are also Somewhat available out there. Also, that's part of what they're doing is they're protecting you from the electric fields that normally are going right into you. Electric fields can go from a lamp four feet through the air and the humidity in the air and 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 electrify the body. You don't have to be touching uh, an appliance for your, you to be getting electric field stress. It just be close to it is all it takes. So it's it's a big problem that it needs addressing. That. We're really. Uh, I'm so glad to hear though that you have so much. You're so high information, Jay. It's great to hear that this is becoming more. Well, in the cabin for a
5: few years will do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, uh, sometimes you're just driving and listening, you just soak up stuff you don't even know you know. So I'm talking to somebody about it. But um, the light therapy in the morning, you say use it, and I've done that a few times when you wake up. It is I call it dosage, kind of like medicine, I guess. But when you wake up in Obviously, I, if we just have a bulb without all the sun and stuff yet, how long do you think? What's the, I always try to go for the minimum dosage. You know, what? what's the minimum? Yeah, like you know, the curve. I, it's not really doing much anymore.
3: Well, when I travel, uh, I bring the photon light with me everywhere. And in the morning, I make sure that I grab that and turn that on before I turn any of the hotel lights on and any of the blue light sources. But I'll. I'll use that close in front of my face at, you know, 18 inches or something for a good five minutes in the morning to just program me. And that is sufficient to, like, kind of really calibrate you for the day. You don't need an hour necessarily, but even a few minutes with it close to you, to your face is mimicking that sunrise experience.
5: Okay. You know, a lot of these health guys for the last two years, they've been really using blue light blockers, but they started doing it during the day. And could you help me understand the, the knowledge on that? Because that doesn't make sense to me. If we're, say, thousands of years ago, we wake up, we get sun all day or whatever, no sunglasses. You know, it's hitting our eyes all day long. Why would we want to be blocking blue light at that point during the day?
3: Well, it depends where the blue light source is from, Jay. From the sun, we want that blue light. That, and we do need blue light during the day to build up melatonin uh, production in the pineal gland in the brain. And that's part of the circadian rhythm of the body. So we do need blue light during the day. But if we're indoors and we're surrounded by three huge computer screens, and that's the only light source, and there's no near-infrared in the environment, there's no photons, there's no sunlight, uh, it it is certain instances like that, it may make sense to wear blue blockers during that strange activity where you're getting blasted with so much blue only light. But having said that, yeah, like walking around outdoors, it's kind of silly in the day to wear blue light blockers. You want the blue light, you want the light in your eyes. I, in fact, don't wear sunglasses unless I'm driving and I have that really harsh sun, like right in my eyes, because the eyes interpret are light interpreters, so they're our biggest light receptor, and they actually uh, there's a there's a mechanism by which the exposure of light to the eyes tells the body how much light the body is getting, and so if you wear sunglasses, you're more inclined to overexpose yourself to sunlight and get more sunburn than than the vice versa. And we need the light into the eyes as well. We have the mitochondria in the eyes, and near infrared light has a lot of healing benefit to the ocular tissue. So wearing sunglasses in general is not ideal. Wearing blue lockers during the day is outdoors. It's quite silly, but wearing it indoors in front of screens might make sense for certain people where they're no, getting way too much screen time. But after dark, it's <clears throat> after dark, it's beneficial to have blue light lockers if you're watching TV or going to the movies or something to just kind of reduce the blue dose you're getting in that, after sunset time, where you're not supposed to get any blue light.
5: Gotcha. So it was the source of the blue light being it off its all day and everything. Yep.
3: yep. Yeah, yeah, and the overhead lights,
5: okay. all well. that Gotcha.
3: LEDs, the rest of it, it's way too much blue light. So even wearing the blue blockers, you're still getting quite a bit of blue light. It doesn't 100% block the blue. It's just reducing. Gotcha.
5: Okay. Well, I'd go all day if you got other callers.
0: <laughs> yeah, just keep wait. going. Yeah. Not, <laughs> I'm cut you loose because we got to let Brian. Well,
5: yeah, ready. I'm running out of time. I, <laughs> I thought so, yeah. I
3: probably got enough time for – I got a couple minutes, and that's it, Kevin.
0: Yeah. So real quick, I know we have some things going on. Um, Angie, where did we put the link? I think we have a link. Um that we've been working on. So I just want to let everybody know how to find you, where to find more information about your products. Just go look at the product. You'll, you'll understand what we're talking about when we talk about beauty and design and functionality. It's pretty incredible. Uh, Lauren, real quick, anything you want to jump in with here?
1: Brian, I just have a quick question. I'm sorry. And thank you so much for for taking all this time with us. It really does mean a lot, but um, I have a question about the product. So, do all your products use the same type of light? So basically, I have the single photon therapy light, which I love. And, and Kevin is absolutely right. It's Every time someone walks in, because I actually keep it out in my living room, I get compliments on it. They're like, what is this? Uh, so it's absolutely beautiful. But is that the same light as the, as the lights that are used in the actual sauna, if you were to build your own sauna?
3: Yes, absolutely. So they're all powered by the Thermalite bulb that I've designed that is basically an optimized incandescent heat lamp where it has more light therapy coming out because it's it's got a filament that's designed to run at a higher Kelvin. So it's more more of an optimal version of the heat lamp. But we use that same Thermalite technology to power all of our products. And our, the photon is the one light for portable use and for firelight use, the sauna Standard Sauna comes with a four-light panel that's four t- of these 250-watt thermal light bulbs. We also have a three-light panel now, too, that people, some biohackers are upgrading, creating six- and seven-bulb sauna systems for the kind oh. of a super sauna effect. But it's all using the same technology because uh, we, we want, the, we want a near, that near-infrared-centric light source that doesn't have flicker and doesn't have blue light and is mimicking the natural form of of it's mimicking the sun's near-infrared emission. So nature's light that's analog and has a certain spectrum that, and certain quality of light. Uh, we use that throughout the product. That's the heart of the product, really. The rest of the the lamps and everything are designed around that, that ideal light-emitting technology that we get from incandescent light.
1: Okay, great, great. So essentially, I could get four of those single lights and... I could build my own sauna with that.
3: Well, I, what you would do is you would go to, a, you would get one of our sauna panels that has three or four bulbs incorporated on one panel with one power and one cord panel. and one switch okay. system. So that's easier to work with than, than the four separately.
1: Got it, got it, okay.
0: Great, All right. that's very helpful. Fantastic, Brian again, yeah, thank you so much. You've, uh, you, we solved a couple mysteries today. I think we've helped a lot of people understand this. I learned a lot. Um, I want to let our listeners know we do not have any of the products in our store. What we have is a link that will take you directly to Sauna Space. And right now, if you use that link, um, you are getting a total of fifteen percent off. On the products, which is absolutely awesome. So you can find the link either at healthy tribe.com or on our Facebook page. Uh, use the link; that's all you have to do, and that will generate the uh, the discount. So, Brian, thank you for working with us on that as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. And, and those of you who want to learn more, you can go to the website on dot space using the link uh, and. Uh, we have a great learn section. You can read and see what does this mean, light therapy, the spectrum of the sun, the spectrum of our lamps, and sort of the benefits of sauna, and read our, a lot of our customer stories. So on the product pages, you can search the customer reviews for keywords that are relevant to you, like I'm dealing with this and that, and read how people are benefiting from both the use of the the single light, the photon, for daily use, but also certainly the full body sauna and um, how much transformation it's providing to people's lives in a, in, in really just such a unique powerful way and such a safe way. And so you can check it all out there and all of our products are handmade in, in Missouri and they all come with a hundred day trial. So it's easy to try out and see that it works for you.
0: We absolutely love that Brian. I look forward to, uh continuing working with you and and figuring out how we turn um three and a half million trucks into rolling sauna space units <laughs>
2: yeah
3: it does it's very it's very exciting we will be working on that because these guys and gals need a need a solution it is a stressful occupation and, and they're they're so important to us you know they're so not just for supply chain and the rest of that like this our country runs on on their work absolutely you know everything would come to a stop without them so i'm grateful for um all the folks out there doing this this job not just for the sake of my company and our supply chain but just in general you know they're kind of an unsung hero out there the the truckers and everything they do to you know To make our modern lives what they are and and so that we have what we have. Absolutely.
0: I have to say, the most interesting thing I learned today was uh, the fact that this was actually Dr. Kellogg that started this. I find that uh, kind of ironic and interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: It's a a great, uh, very fascinating. We'll have to talk more next time, Kevin, about the history of light therapy and. I, All the crazy stuff they were doing on, over 120 years ago. This is technology that I use has had safe use testing for 130 years. Wow! Even though it's not yeah. the most well understood, most popular version uh, currently, it's it's the oldest electrically powered sauna. And yeah, well, we should we should review that at a, at a later time. But yeah. I've really enjoyed our time today. I think we hit some great points and um, clarified some issues and. I also learned something too when you said about the the weight scale and and hydration levels. I'm going to be looking into that personally
0: excellent excellent all right, Brian. Uh, we'll let you get on with your day. great stuff, and uh thanks so much. We'll be talking soon okay,
3: thank you both. I appreciate it. everybody have a wonderful day out there. All right. People out take <laughs> care
0: all right, Lauren take care we uh we don't have any calls right now, so uh, Lauren and I will hang out for a minute or two here. Uh, If you want to jump in, anything goes not well, anything health-wise, it'll be a free-for-all. You can talk about infrared lights, sauna therapy, or anything else health-wise you want to talk about. Phone lines are open. We'll wait a couple minutes, 855-950-3835. Lauren, what do you have going on today? Today at 3
1: o'clock Eastern time, we will be Jumping into some information about uh, nutrient density, and more specifically, we're going to go over the the 2023. Um, it's the Dirty Dozen and the Clean Fifteen. So I'm going to talk a lot about about food and nutrient density and things of that nature.
0: Got it. So what uh, the Dirty Dozen, the Clean Fifteen? What's that all about?
1: So it just makes it easier for people on the road, especially, but even those who are just looking to save a little money, you know, to really figure out what exactly should absolutely be purchased. Um, This is produce like vegetables and fruits and whatnot. What should be purchased organic as opposed to the ones that are not really at the top of the list for being dirty. So it just gives you, you know, a list of what, you know, they actually test over 4,000 fruits and vegetables, and they go over about 250 different pesticides that could potentially be found on them, and the results are different every year, and they kind of, you know, they're not drastically different, but sometimes there's a surprise on there uh, where one food that maybe the year before wasn't a hazardous food, you know, and you could purchase you know, clean, which now has landed on the dirty dozen list. So just kind of gives you some idea of what to definitely order organic and what to avoid, you know, and what to, you know, avoid and things of that nature. So it's, it'll be helpful.
0: Got it. Got it. So the, the idea here is that not all produce needs the same amount of things like pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and, um, Something like an avocado, for example, has a very thick, tough outer skin. So even if pesticides are sprayed on it, it's less likely that the part you eat will absorb a lot of it. Whereas if you're looking at something like a green pepper, the pesticide is being sprayed on the part you eat. That, that There's a there's a big difference there. So that's one of the factors that goes into this. There are just other factors like some plants are just naturally resistant to a lot of things and they don't need a lot of these other chemicals. And so it really is an interesting list. And, and I would go one step further. I would say this. If you are placing health above money, no matter what, That's your attitude, that you have just decided uh, health is number one. You'll, You'll figure out the money. Then ignore these lists and buy everything organic. You can't go wrong buying everything organic. It's just it can get a little expensive. So if you're saying, "Look, health is really important, but I've got a budget," you know, this is the real world. I've got a budget, and I've looked. I can't afford to buy all of my produce organic. Then use this list and be very picky and and choosy, and only get organic if you have to so if it really makes sense. But in these other produce items, you may be able to skip the organic.
1: Yeah, and it's also really helpful when you're eating out, which a lot of people do. And so if you're on the road and you are looking at a menu and you want to try to stay or get, you know, as clean as possible, then you're going to avoid the top dirty items that are usually found. And you'll lean more towards things like asparagus, which is a cleaner, you know, probably because of how quickly it grows, right?
0: Speaking of which, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention it. On April, uh, on Easter morning, I walked out Mm -hmm. and I've been checking. And on Easter morning, I had my first visible asparagus. Wow. Yep. I got to go out and see today. uh, I should have a couple more and it's probably grown quite a bit. It was one of my uh, purple varieties that that popped up. So that's kind of exciting. So I've got... um, I've got jars, uh, I've got quart jars of brine just waiting because there's so much asparagus. (laughs) I just pick it and throw it in the brine.
1: Oh, that is exciting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Hey, we're going to grab some calls are starting to come in. Let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, Lauren. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Fred. I, uh, I didn't catch the whole interview. I was uh, fielding some roadside uh, mechanic questions from a friend up in New York. But um, I I do use the the sauna space light, the one that, you know, your happy light, the single one that we we have. And uh, I can now I I listen to the where he says he wakes up in the morning and the first light he puts on himself is a sauna space light when he's traveling in hotels and stuff like that. I found that very interesting. And I'm thinking maybe I should put it closer to the bed at night so I can do that myself. What what would you your know, thoughts be?
0: Well, you know, I'm gonna change mine after talking to him because I usually have a like a couple of reading spots around the house, you know, depending I like to move around and so next to all of my reading spaces I've put a place for the light and I, I move it around with me. But when I wake up and I use it to just kind of read, you know, it's in the room. I don't turn on any of the other lights, so I'm not getting any blue light at all. I've got it pretty far away from me. It's just kind of there as a side light kind of thing. I'm going to start the morning with what he talked about, you know, 12 or 18 inches away from my face, shining right on my face for that like five minutes and then set it next to me for the rest of the day. So I I think I am going to start that.
4: Well, I have mine right at the corner of my desk up on a couple of piles of books that I have there, and it's about two feet from my body when I sit by my desk, but then I'm on the computer, so it's kind of, I don't know if that's canceling each other out.
0: You know, it's uh, here's the interesting thing. Actually, I was testing this. I was going to mention it to Brian, and there was just so much. Like I said, I was making notes so fast, and then I'd miss something he was saying because I was making notes. I have a, a device that I use in the garden and it's like a multi-use. So it, it's a sensor so I can push it down into the soil and it measures soil temperature. It measures pH of the soil and it measures the hydration of the soil. So it gives me a lot of good information about the soil, but then it's also got a sensor on it that tells me the strength of the sunlight. And I use it to monitor not so much the sunlight because it is what it is. I can't change that, but I use it to monitor my grow lights. So how far away from, Mm. and it is incredible how the distance changes the strength really quickly. Like one of my grow lights in order to get what's considered, you know, high sun, we're, we're trying to mimic the sun with all these lights. You have to have that, that sensor within about three inches of the light. And the minute it goes to about four inches, it goes from high sun to sun, five inches, you hit low sun, and six inches, you hit weak. I mean, that's, that light is just not very powerful. I have other lights that can be, you know, 24 inches away and I still have high sun. Um, I just thought of something I've never checked the um the sauna space light with it. I'm going to do that. Well, that's but di- distance on these lights is really critical. it is the power that we need the intensity, and that intensity is dictated by the distance. So his twelve to eighteen inches, you know, for that five minutes on your face, if you were just twenty two inches. You're not going to get the same benefit. That's how critical that distance right. can I, be.
4: I understand what you're saying now. Yes, yes. Because I, I use that. Then I, I'm home. I do, I do my uh, uh, the stress protocol workout. And then when I, after I get out of the blanket, I, I turn it and I work out in front of it. So I'm about a foot and a half. Yeah, you know, just enough to where I can move my arms and not hit it. Perfect. Of right. I work out in front of it. I act. Well, I work out shirtless cause I'm alone. You know, so I get that resonating all over my body. And I, yeah. when I rest, I turn my back to it and I just, you know, rest with it on me. I'll, I'll sit on a little stool that my wife has in the bedroom there. And
2: yeah,
0: you
4: know, there you I, it'll be on the whole time, Good. you know? So I get that whatever minutes there uh, going back to my numbers. I, know, I commented this morning on everything. I, I was, uh, I get Chris Kressler's newsletter every Friday Okay, and a few, about a month, a month and a half, two months ago, he had a whole uh, article on adaptogens that he was experimenting with. And he has a supplement in his, in his uh, store. You might want to look at also.
0: So adaptogens um, are becoming the thing. They really, are. I know, I'm I know. starting to see adaptogens to really, everywhere yeah. now. Yeah. And primarily, yeah, the mushroom of, adaptogens are powerful. It, and honestly, we think we're right. with the best company by far. for Sigmatic is, is the real leader in that field.
4: No, I agree. I just, I mean, for, you know, someone who can't brew the coffee and you got the, you know, and it may be a, a reasonable alternative because I yeah. figure his yeah. stuff is pretty, looks pretty good, I'm sure.
0: Should be, yeah. And I him. haven't looked so, at his, but at the same newsletter, I, I probably... I, Did I read that one? I've read so many articles on adaptogens lately because they are becoming very popular.
4: Yeah, when I saw that, I had to read it because we were just, you were just getting into it. It might have been more than a couple months back, but you were into it pretty heavily and I started getting some stuff. And uh, I've been feeling really good. Now, uh, what I mean by my sleep has been skewed. When I lay down at night, sometimes I'll watch a show And sometimes that'll put me at rest mode, then awake mode at the same time. Right. So I'll, you know, like I'll, you know, and I'll, I'll get like a half an hour of awake when I'm, I look back at the line. And so it gives me a poor sleep number because of my awake time, but it really is not that I'm awake. So I don't know how to, if I can control that at all or not.
0: You know, I, I, I'm. Trying to put together a show I'm going to do about this topic, and I, I haven't been able to make it make sense yet. Here's what I'm going to tell people about sleep and sleep sensors. They all suck. We, there's still a lot missing here, really. With all the testing I've done, much of what we believe about sleep, I think we're going to figure out is wrong. I'm not sure what's right yet, but I don't have this sleep thing figured out. We just don't. I find any more research to go read. I tested so many sleep trackers and they are just all over the board. There's just no consistency. They don't match. Readings don't make sense. Uh, You know, when you start to compare it to the body battery and how you feel, and I've been making notes on this kind of stuff for two years, the whole sleep thing is a mess. I don't even know how to begin to approach it. Um, I, now I've got a new anomaly happening that hasn't happened before. And you are too. That, that's why I commented this morning. In, right. the, in all the two years I've been doing this, every time my sleep score goes down, my HRV goes down with it. That's been a very strong Correct. correlation. And it makes right. sense, except all of a sudden, I'm in a cycle where my sleep is horrendous again. It is so bad for so many reasons. I could go through them all. But for the first time, my sleep scores, I'm talking sleep scores in the 30s. I think it was 38 this morning. What was it? I mean, that's bad. Right. Um, Right. My sleep score was 36 this morning. My HRV is going up.
4: Well, I was thinking about this after you commented, and I said, what have I changed? But I've been doing the adaptogens pretty pretty religiously uh, daily. I don't do the chill every night because I don't get home sometimes too late, so I don't do right. it too late. Uh, but I do the chill, I do the chill most, most afternoons when I'm home in time, and the weekends, of course, I'm off. Uh, what I've added, the two things that I've added is the, uh, the MG Zyne, the magnesium. And I've been taking a little swig of that copper that I got at a Wolfson store that, with copper.
0: You know, I think I'm going to start so, taking the copper as a daily supplement. You know, you know me, I don't take I many. Thought
4: it, I thought, yeah. I don't take I many. I thought it the bulletproof zinc with yeah. copper, but I, I going back to that show got me intrigued with the copper.
0: I, I think I'm going to start the copper too after spending time with Dr. Wolfson and, and talking with him about it. I think, you know, I, I think what we're going to find is that minerals are a bigger issue than what we think. And we've talked about the fact that I have come to the conclusion that virtually every human being I know needs to supplement magnesium. It's just one of those we just can't get enough of it. You need to supplement in multiple forms I'm almost starting to think copper might be the same way, and I'm wondering how many minerals we're going to find like this, that if we can get our well, mineral levels ideal, we see a lot of benefits.
4: Well, that's what I was going to say. After that show last Wednesday with the representative from Ned, I didn't get the Ned from you, store because I already missed my order. I have a bi monthly subscription, so I'm going to call and – add a few things, but I did have the MG Zyme at home because I give that to my wife uh, for various reasons and it helps her stay regular pretty regularly. So, um, you know, so I said, I had, you know, I have a bottle in my closet and I said, you know what, I'm going to, I've been supplementing the last uh, few weeks just to see how my, that's helping me with my overall performance. So I'm doing yeah, all biotics, all biotics and some terraflora that I get from the store and stuff like that. So I've been I've been doing some probiotics. I've been doing a just a regimen of, of supplements, and I threw that in. And I say since last Wednesday to this Wednesday, the only thing I've really religiously done was the magnesium. And that may be my whole HRV is staying elevated. So... And I've noticed yesterday my body battery didn't deplete all the way down to five like it normally does.
0: That's the other benefit will develop over time. That one I do know is a matter of time. The more consistently you do all of these things I've talked about with the stress protocol, the more resilient your body battery becomes. And there doesn't seem to be an end to that. Like six months from now it's gonna be even better. When we can do this stuff consistently, that becomes the real benefit is that we're not constantly hoping for a good night of sleep to replenish our body battery. We don't need it as much because it's staying um, full longer and not depleting as much. So that is one that just develops over time. This increased HRV has me wondering. So I had narrowed it down to two possibilities. I had added supplements to my regimen during this time, okay. magnesium being one of them, the Ned magnesium, the adaptogens, the adaptogens okay. are, and magnesium. When you start to think about it, do make sense that those could both be responsible for the increased HRV, even with poor sleep. But there's another factor. I am still testing a device, a, a wearable device that you use a couple times throughout the day. Um, and that you have testing that shows it improves HRV. So interesting that this right, is. But I'm
4: getting time. results and I haven't done any of that.
0: Right. So now your information is making me wonder, is it both for me or it certainly seems like the addition of the the magnesium and the adaptogens are a factor in this? I have a feeling I may figure out that both of these things are a factor, which is good news. The more things I can find that will improve our HRV, that's the whole point of this.
4: Right, right. That's, what, that's why I don't post as regularly as I do, but when I see noticeable changes and I noticed my HRV starting at 31 and now I'm at 37 today, and I've only did the stress protocol twice, three times in the past seven days. The, so maybe four times in the past seven days.
0: The so. last the last time my sleep got this poor, when I was getting these kinds of really bad sleep scores, my HRV had plummeted down to the low 30s. I think I, I bottomed out at about 32. I'm in that same sleep cycle right now, and I have been for over a month, and my HRV is 47. Wow. Yeah. A sh- wow. Big. Increase. Well, another
4: thing, another thing I can, I can maybe attribute some of this to is my diet has been very, very, um, it's not influenced by date nights once a week with my wife. Yeah, you know, she's up in New York. I'm down here. So oh, yeah. I, even right. when I'm home, I'm cooking, I'm cooking stuff that I don't have to cook for meals and, and or take her to a right. local restaurant that I still eat. I still eat, you know, I don't eat a bowl of pasta, but I, I still eat food that they make in the, in their, in their oils and what have you. Right. So I ha I've stayed away from all of that. So, which is could pot- I think because you and I are having the same kind of HR or HRV increase, it may be the minerals and the adaptogens. I'm thinking more and more now that you said that you're doing both of those as well.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah. Something's working protocol, the supplements, the, you know, possibly this device that I'm not ready to talk about yet. Uh, good news is something's working. No, For a while there, I thought nothing was going to work. So good news is a lot of these things work. The more consistent we are, the better things get over time. Um, I, I yeah. So now I, I'm really confident that I can really, really help people make huge improvements in stress and, and all the health issues around stress. What I'm not confident at all about yet is that I can help anybody who sleep. I, I was really hoping right. when we solved the stress thing, the sleep thing would just follow. And it does a little, but not as much as I thought it would.
4: Another thing I've done at night is, I actively turn my computer completely off. So it doesn't once in a while it would cycle in the middle of the night, not that the screen was on, but it's in my room. So it would cycle. And I think the noise. So I canceled that noise out. It may have helped me with some of this uh, Lauren after hearing what Kevin and I were talking about, you have any thoughts? Cause I do value your opinion well, highly.
1: I, I do have a question, Greg. You have you thought about whether or not you're a nose breather or a mouth breather? Because, the more I dive into this whole breath thing, I realize that it really can impair your sleep.
4: Well, I tape my mouth shut, Lauren. I'm one of the guys okay. who started this early on. I said, to, I told Kevin, that, you know, I don't know how long I've been doing it now, uh, I feel like I'm a hostage at night because I <laughs> tape my mouth shut. Uh, but uh, but uh, it works well for me. I mean, every once in a while, I I but I sleep on my back and because I have this, uh, tempur uh, sleep thing. So I sleep in zero gravity. So I can't even turn on your side if you wanted to, you know? So my legs and my, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a takeoff position for the space shuttle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's really what it is. Yeah. And and I feel, I, take all the stress off my lower back sitting in the truck and bouncing around all day long. So it, it takes all the stress off my lower back. I have my 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 mouth tape shut, so I am forced to breathe through my nose. And I I feel I noticed when my when I don't sleep with my mouth tape, a few times I broke loose or I didn't shave or something, and I felt I felt a noticeable difference in my in my energy level and and everything. So I know it definitely you are definitely correct about that, especially in my case anyway. That breathing through your nose, and I find that um, my body's getting more and more trained because during the day, I don't even have my mouth open most of the time. Most of the time, I'm resting my tongue on the roof of my mouth and I'm breathing through my nose all day long. So it is becoming more and more of a habit. I'm talking to a guy that I was snoring since I'm 10, 8 years old. Mm -hmm. Mouth breathing and snoring, uh, people couldn't even sleep in the same room as me when I was a teenager. That's how bad I snore. And now wow. a, few, a few times when I, you know, my wife and I have shared the same bed, you know, we go away or in New York or whatever, because we have conjugal visits. My wife has her room. I have my room because my wife is a gymnast at night. So she, her and I can't <laughs> sleep together. So, uh, but uh, she, she says, well, maybe I'll move back in the room since you don't snore anymore. And I'm like, well, that's not happening, but I love you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs>
4: you know so but so it is she notices that I'm not I'm not snoring even like in a standard bed when I'm I'm either on my side or on my back with the my mouth taped I don't snore once in a while she'll she'll hear me where I'll blow sometimes out of my mouth the sides of my mouth I Mm -hmm. think maybe because I'm so flat on my back possibly but um yeah for uh, yeah for a while now I I've I just I have a roll. I have a couple extra rolls of tape all over the place in the truck in case I get stuck out. And I just use the surgical tape, just a little from my tip of my nose down to my chin, and that's it. Uh, works out well.
1: That's great. I hear that it does work. It takes some time, but I hear really good. You know, um, you know where people can actually completely convert themselves from being from being mouth breathers to to nose breathers. And the more well, I read about this, the more I, I, I truly believe
4: it. It's yeah, gonna, what really opened my eyes was that James Nestor book.
0: Yeah, Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, well, yeah, same with me on the James Nestor book. And I've got to do this. I mean, it's just one of the things I've got to get to. And I've got so much going on. And I'm biohacking other things. And But I have a feeling this may be one of my big issues for sleep. It, and I've done the testing to know it. I am a horrible mouth breather. Um, I. I uh, there's a, there's a device that they're trying to bring to market that would help us measure this on our own, like a device we could buy. I did some testing with the company and um, we thought about setting up some clinics where drivers could stop in and get this testing done, but that's kind of a pain. I just don't think many people are going to do it, but I've done the breath testing to know Um I I did breath and metabolism testing at the same time. They can do metabolism testing through your breath. And my metabolism numbers were fantastic. My breathing numbers were horrible.
1: Interesting.
4: Yeah, I'll be honest. um, When I was real heavy, my wife was scared because of all the sleep apnea and people dying. And we had a a good friend's father who was on a golf a golf outing vacation down in Myrtle Beach, who just didn't wake up and he was i guess sixty five or sixty six at the time this is years ago, and it was right around when they were doing the push for d o t and stuff like that right before that. I did a sleep study at a at a clinic, and I had a severe case of sleep apnea now I got around it where I was never diagnosed from the f m c s a standpoint but tried those CPAP machines back then. And and for some reason, I was either allergic to the, 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 um, I guess latex masks or the mask, the plastics or something. It looked like I was actually in a brawl and I had two black eyes the next morning when I woke up. And, and I tried all different types of masks and nose, just nose inserts and everything. And for some reason, mm-hmm. when my face would relax, all the seals would always break and I could never get it tight enough or too tight or anything for those machines to ever work. So I've never used a machine. And now that I'm sleeping, I lost this weight and I'm sleeping with my mouth taped, I can really notice a difference in my in my overall performance during the day and how I wake up in the morning and, I'm, you know, I go pretty much every morning.
0: That's great. All right, Fred. We're gonna cut you. Kevin, we, you Fred oh, Go ahead, Lauren.
1: I was just—I was wondering if you've read the book Breath.
0: Yes, that's it's the one, by... he, James Nestor. That's the one he just mentioned.
1: Oh yes, Nestor. Oh my God! Do you know what I thought he said for a second? It, <laughs> was what? James Michener? I'm like, I, I don't know how that would have been in James <laughs> Michener book. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no that that, that is a, it's a really good book. Uh, I've been recommending that one. And I, this is going to be my next kind of biohacking project. I, I've just got to move on to sleep. I was hoping I would have been able to wrap the sleep around, you know, the, the stress and release it all at once. But it, fixing the stress didn't do as much for sleep as I thought it would. I, I, I thought there was going to be a stronger correlation there and there's not getting much better at handling stress i'm more resilient my body battery stays higher my sleep is going to the dogs again Uh, yet my hrv is going up and my body battery can stay high sometimes so there's a lot we still don't understand about sleep and i'm just going to have to go tackle that and i think the mouth taping and the breathing is going to be a big part of it for a lot of people
1: i do too and one of the aha moments for me was if you're mouth breathing it causes your body to lose 40% more water yeah. which i thought was a wild thought because usually when we think of being, having you know people having to urinate so much it's you know we associate that with uh, you know blood sugar regulation and things like that and then it you know they they talk about vasopressin which is you know a hormone that it you know basically causes the body to hold water to retain it while we're sleeping And I thought that was so incredible, just connecting these dots between, you know, working with people from like a practitioner perspective and hearing that they have to get up several times in the middle of the night, but blood, you know, you know, their, their blood sugar is looking good, you know, kidneys, bladders looking, you know, normal, like all of these things. And so this is a whole different perspective for me to start looking deeper into.
0: When I, when you start putting this all together, I've developed a theory. I believe now that there are people who are chronically dehydrated and can't fix it, no matter how much they drink. It's not a matter of how much they drink. Just think of a couple things we just learned today. We learned about structured water, which is not a new thing. I have been studying structured water for a very long time. Dr. Mercola's is big on structured water. Ali K. Norton mentioned the other day that certain fruits and vegetables provide structured water to the body. This may be a reason to add fruits into the diet for the structured water. We heard from Brian that the infrared therapy we're talking about structures the water in our body. I had that weird. Phenomen- I had never mentioned it on the air because I haven't even been able to begin to describe why I can sit in this sauna with the sauna space light, lose a pound of water, which is a lot, and end up more hydrated than when I went in. That made no yeah, sense awesome. to me at all. And I thought it was an anomaly of the scale. but. Now we're starting to understand. Again, if we were living as hunter-gatherers, we would probably be breathing better and we would be accessing this structured water. Our body would be hydrated. So I do believe now there are people who can drink as much as they want and they're never going to be hydrated until we fix these other
1: things. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty fascinating that we're able to connect all these dots. Yeah. It, there's not one place to go to for this information. It's kind of spread out everywhere.
0: Uh, absolutely. Pretty yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's grab another call. Let's go to Connecticut. Ron, welcome to the program.
6: Hi, Kevin. Hi, Lauren. Good afternoon. How are we all doing today?
0: Good. What's on your mind? Ron? Oh,
6: fantastic. First, I just want to say, uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for me. Uh, I did your, 30 day no wheat challenge. I don't know what you're doing four or five years ago, uh, and I took that challenge very reluctantly. But uh, <laughs> since then, I've lost over a, I've lost over 150 pounds. I what? got rid of my static issue. I got rid of my diabetes.
5: Wow! I got rid of
6: all the little aches and pains. Yeah, you you name it. It's been it's been quite a challenge. I fell off the wagon a bunch of times, but hey, I'm hey, doing I... for 30
0: days. Ron, I, I just want people to understand something. I, I want to give them a visual. Um, if you and I were to meet right now, I would jump on your back and make you carry me around all day. That's how much weight you've lost. That's incredible. Imagine you you used to walk around all day long carrying me and you don't have to do that
6: anymore. Yeah, actually it was a little bit more... Uh... Initially, at my lowest, it was like 155 pounds, but uh, family issues and stuff recently, I've gained a couple of pounds back, and I'm not doing things like I should, but I still, you know, I still feel fantastic. My sugar is still, you know, wonderful, and uh, so, but I'm doing the My High Blanket and all that stuff. Yeah, go
0: ahead. Angie just called me a monkey. <laughs> yeah, she said you, you got that monkey off your back. Hey, Wait a minute, I was saying I was the one on his back. <laughs>
6: yeah, I was, uh, I was in bad shape there, for I mean, I, you know, I had the CPAP machine, and you know, what had really done it was I. Like, when you were still actually, I think back in the day, Lauren was on with you while you're on Sirius. I think, right? I mean, I. Anyway, that, it, it was that time. far back. Yeah, yeah. And it got to the point where my sugar was so out of control, controlled with four medications. My A1C was, I think it was like between 10.2 and a 10.5 oh, on medications.
4: Wow. Wow.
6: Yeah. Yeah, it was really bad. So my doctor went and said, well, the next course action, is I got to put you on insulin. And I know what happens to truck drivers and insulin. And then I started listening to you and I'm like, God, this guy's crazy. <laughs> and, then, and also, too, I, I'm, I'm the steak of potato and corn guy. That's all I eat. Giant potato chips. And everybody in my family is like, you're never going to do that for 30 days. And, you know, I'm looking at, you know, my CPAP pressure is going higher and my sugar being completely out. So I just tried it. And let me tell you, after... 12 days 13 days i mean i was being like a racehorse for a couple of days straight but yeah i started to feel a little bit better of course you know i lost water weight and then i was like you know what after 30 you know 25 26 days i started listening again i picked it back up and then you know after that it was just you know no holds bar you know i, I called you a bunch of times you know I, I talked to your son i did the you know all the testing and all that stuff Excellent. and uh I just changed the way I looked at food, changed the way I eat food. Uh, right now, I'm basically doing carnivore dish. I mean, I still have broccoli once in a while and asparagus.
0: Yeah. Asparagus, but. Yeah. But Fantastic. Once a day, if I only eat once a
6: day for the most part. I find, I've i been trying everything, you know, you know once in the morning, once in the evening. But I noticed if I just eat once a day with a very high, um, you know, meal, yeah. and I come home from work, that's when i lose all the weight i mean every once in a while i'll do a keto coffee in the morning you know high fat but that sometimes you know uh i i seem to don't lose as much weight right right
0: now that that, that's exactly the way we want people to do this experiment tweak things you'll learn more about yourself than i could ever know about you so that that is outstanding i I am just so in awe of people who have done this, really. I, 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 I'm really just in awe. Honestly, I have about another
6: 80 pounds to go to get my target weight. I'm, I'm 300. I'm 300 now. I want to get to around 230.
2: Excellent. 20,
6: but I know what to do.
2: That's and
6: right. I know
0: how to do it, but sometimes life, life gets I,
6: in the way. And you know, that's... that's, that's I just turned 50 last year, and I had to have eight for my birthday. So yeah,
0: yeah. that screwed me up for a you Now, I've got the food thing pretty well under control, but I am at that same place with this lifestyle protocol, the stress protocol. I know exactly what right. to do. You know, I mentioned my HRV is 47. Honestly, it should be 67. And I know exactly how to get it to 67. I'm just not very consistent right now doing all of this stuff. I go on binges. Then I start to biohack something else, and I feel like I don't have time, or I I don't want to screw up the results. So I don't do it for a couple weeks. And so I'm at that same place right now with the lifestyle stuff.
6: Right. Because I. I know if I do things like this, I, I experiment with this stuff so much. There's a month or a month and a half where I didn't lose a pound, and right. I lose a pound or two, because I try and things like, oh, this don't work, but then it takes a day or two for your body to reset. Oh, it don't work, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I you know after listening to you and then with all your book recommendations and all this other stuff, you know. You said this before. Truck drivers should be the smartest people on the planet because all we do is sit and drive and listen all day. Exactly. I've listened to a hundred and twenty books so far of just health, and it's just amazing what, what you can figure out on your own if you just let yourself do it.
0: it absolutely. Um,
6: yeah. So the real question, uh, the reason why I'm calling is, uh, well, I have the My High blanket, uh, use it three to four times a week, and for an hour. Um, my question is what I wear when I'm in the blanket. Does that matter? Uh, yeah, I just wear a shirt, sweatpants.
0: No, that's fine. That That's fine. Yeah. It, still getting all the same benefits.
6: Okay. Cause there are times where I weave myself before and after and uh, blow off a pound and a half of yeah. water.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, wow.
6: There's times where I have in there for an hour, and I swear I
0: gained about, I, yeah, it out. I yeah, you know. So I, I think it's a good time to address this because we just got done talking a lot, and we we throw right. these terms out quickly, and they can get confusing. Mid infrared, far infrared, near infrared. Um, right. The sauna blanket that we sell is not the best device. We knew that. We know it now. It is the best device that works well in a truck. That's where we are right now. That's why we reached out to Sauna Space, though, because Sauna Space has a better product. This is a full-spectrum light. So, we don't get as much light therapy benefits from the My High Blanket because we don't have the near infrared or the red, the visible red light the way we do in the sauna space products. The Benefit we are primarily getting, and that's why I asked Brian, if we can make our body sweat, no matter how we make it sweat, whether it's exercise, sauna, hot tub, sun, the light, whatever. Is the benefit of sweating the same? And basically it is. It's the detox effect we get from sweating. If we use any kind of infrared, we get a bigger benefit because it penetrates deeper. So with the My High Blanket, the reason we will always keep it in our store is because for truck drivers, it is an inexpensive, and I know it's almost $500, but that is inexpensive you buy a a a home infrared sauna you can spend $5000 uh, just so you know what the potential cost is so the MyHi even though it does not have the near infrared that we're like a lot it still has a ton of benefits and for the cost and the convenience factor and it's a you no know, the sleeping bag idea you just get in there you sweat I'll always continue to use the high, and we'll continue to sell it. But I also want to bring in sauna space now to get the benefits of this. you know the ideally, sauna space, all the research I've done, their bulb is just optimal. It's as close to the sun and firelight as we're going to get.
6: Okay. Another question after I get out of the blanket, um you know I go shower off or whatever. Uh, be beneficial to come out of the blanket and then go do a
0: cold shower? No, actually, they're claiming the opposite, that we should hold off on the cold shower as long as possible because inside of our body is still hot and still detoxing after we come out of the. Sh- so my protocol, I do the breathing and the infrared sauna before my workout and you know brian just addressed that there's not bad there's just different ways we can do it then i i come out of the workout and i can tell i sweat a lot more during my workout he talked about the opposite Uh, you work out first then you can sweat a lot more in the sauna so you could alternate you could go back and forth but then try to hold off on my cold shower as long as possible. So if I'm in the sauna, then I go to work out, I'm still getting the benefits of that internal heat. And I, I want to kind of hold off on that cold shower.
6: Because I, I tried it once or twice. And, you know, I mean, the obvious now, shock coming from what what have
0: Yeah, that, whole, that's not a problem. I, yeah, that, there may even be some advantage to that. I would also add this. You know, we we all need to figure out how to do the best we can, given our circumstances. If somebody just heard me say you should hold off on that cold shower as long as possible. Let me also say this. If you decided that the way you want to do this protocol is in the middle of the day, you stop and take your 30-minute break, and you do this whole protocol, and then you get back out on the road, do it. Come out of the sauna blanket, right. do your workout, go right into the cold shower if you want you're not hurting anything. You may be cutting out a little bit of the benefit you would have gotten from the heat, but I don't want you to miss the benefit we get from the cold.
6: Right, Another thing that I noticed was, and I tend to sweat more when I started doing the Wim Hof while I was in the blanket, because I, I, I was doing it separately. I would do you know, Wim Hof first, and then the right. before blanket then breathing but then i started well hey this is stupid i'm sitting here for an hour
2: breathing <laughs> right
6: my breathing and i notice a lot of the times more often than not i just feel hotter i tend to yes. i think i sweat a little bit more yep as i'm doing the wind and i'll tell you what when i get done i feel like i mean a lot of so, times i'll do it at night and i feel like i can run a marathon i feel yeah,
0: fantastic absolutely well if you're using the app the Wim Hof app to do your breathing. Think about it. What does he say? He says right during the session, if your body temperature is changing, that's okay. It will change the breathing okay. alone. He he tells you you're, if you're doing this right, your body temperature will change. It's okay. It, oh, you know, I've read all of his books. I'm actually studying to become certified. And part of his story that that was the point of the breathing for whatever reason, he doesn't know why, but for whatever reason he was drawn to the cold water canals of the Netherlands. And as a teenager, he didn't know why he just wanted to go into the cold water. And then when he went in, he wanted to stay longer and he couldn't. So he started working on these breathing techniques to allow him to stay in the cold water longer.
6: Right, so I remember one of his books. He said he was in in front of a bunch of people doing a talk, and they didn't believe he could change his core temperature. So he raised his hand, and they they shot a, a frig gun on his hand or something. And within a couple of minutes, he changed yeah. his temperature. Yep. And I'm they, like, Holy no, how could you? Do that?
0: that that's what he learned through the breathing, and it was also he could stay in right. the cold longer.
6: I have one other thing, if I may, uh, about uh, uh, bone broth. So I do my bone broth in an Instapot, but my Instapot only goes high, which is like 240 degrees. Uh, Am I damaging the collagen or anything with that that temperature?
0: Uh, You're damaging proteins and fats for sure. I don't know if heat damages collagen or not. There's a good chance that it could. So yeah, own broth should be on a very very low simmer.
6: Okay, because I'm actually it's the instapot Pot I bought. i I love it. I use it all the time, but it only goes to high. They they have ones now where you can toggle between high and low, and you know low is a lot. I I forget the temperature, but it's a lot lower temperature than the 240. Because I don't have time to you know put it on
0: for, for now the. Days. Whatever. The other thing I've done, um, I've used a pressure cooker to make bone broth because it shortens the time way up, uh, knowing that, well, Instapot has has multiple functions. I mean, you could use the slow cooker function on an Instapot to make bone
2: broth.
6: know I do the... the uh pressure cooker part of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I my
2: bones
6: get, the, get to the point where they just crumble apart in about three hours.
0: There was a time I, I was recommending that as a as kind of a time saver. And if it's the only way you can make bone broth, then I would say go ahead and do it. But ideally we should go the opposite. We we should do bone broth at a very, very low temperature for a long period of time.
6: Yeah, I'm my Job status is changing here soon, and I'll hopefully have more time to spend at home and I could, because i I do a lot of fermenting and,
2: and all that
6: you know, i i've been I'll tell you what i I used to buy a sauerkraut from a local butcher and I thought it was the best stuff on earth until I made my own. isn't it, <laughs> you know, eat it all the time now,
0: isn't it so satisfying that you made it yourself?
6: Oh, absolutely.
0: My wife doesn't like it because when I open the container, the whole the whole house smells. It smells. There, there's but no I, doubt. I will agree. For, and it, you know, It's one of those things, though, that after a while, I enjoy the smell. It it, it just grows on you. It's kind of like a, a, you know, a, a, we can learn how to taste something and we like it. Uh, same thing, that smell. I can remember when I thought it was awful. Oh, what is that? And uh, when I would eat it, sometimes I still thought the smell was a little... Uh, abusive, but how oh, I actually enjoy it. So, uh, right, Ron, great stuff, uh, Lauren. Has, since we were kind of talking about fermenting and some other things, there, uh, I'm going to spend a couple minutes. I've talked about this before. I don't know if I can convince people enough of the value of learning how to pressure can meat. I, I this has been such a game changer for me, and I'm at home. I don't need the the convenience of you Know, being able to carry it in a truck with me, it's a huge advantage for a driver, just has changed mm-hmm. the way we cook and eat. And this weekend, it kind of perfected this recipe. Now, in fact, we're going to repeat it again this weekend. I want to do one more batch. So here it is. Um, you've heard me talk about the canned turkey, right? Yes, I have. And this was kind of an accident. We we bought way too much turkey one holiday and had so much turkey left over and I thought, well, I should vacuum pack it and freeze it. And I thought, eh, when I freeze stuff, I hardly ever go back and use it. And so standing there and I thought, wait a minute, there's enough here. Why don't I just run a canner load? And I've never canned turkey before. And I thought, I wonder how it's going to come out. I wonder if it'll get too dry because it's already cooked. I mean, this was a fully cooked turkey. It's the leftovers. So I'm thinking, "Ah, you know, what's it? I'll, I'll try it. So we we took all the meat, we took it off the bone, we chop up all the, so you get a nice mix of dark and white. Uh, We got kind of this big pile of chopped turkey meat. And then I thought, you know, add a little flavor here. So I use green chilies and onions in the bottom, hatch green chilies and onion go in the bottom first, then the turkey goes in. And then I would make the Lona Life bone broth. I like to finish all my canned meat with bone broth. Um, it, It... Keeps it really nice. And you, then when you eat the meat, you're also getting the benefits of the bone broth, the collagen, all of those good things we want from bone broth, good for our gut. So I tried this once because we had all this extra turkey. It is so good. It is incredible how good this turkey is when it comes out of these jars. You can eat it right out of the jar. We make turkey nachos with it that are just incredible with the grain-free chips and some probiotic sour cream. And so uh, now it's a regular thing. And we ran out of turkey on our last road trip, and it's been so hectic and busy around here. We haven't had time to can any. So we thought, all right, let's do turkey for Easter. And then we'll can it when we're done. So I've got this recipe down pat now here, 30 pounds of turkey. So two turkeys, don't go try to find a giant 30 pound turkey. Yeah, don't don't go try to find a giant 30 pound turkey because one, it's too hard to handle, too hard to cook. Um, So two turkeys, 30 pounds total. So if you find two 15-pounders, perfect. If not, a 16 and a 14, a 17 and a 13, whatever. Get as close to 30 pounds as you can. Roast them just like you always would. How much they get cooked is almost irrelevant. You can overcook it. You can undercook it. It's probably not going to matter much. By the time it's canned, that's all going to change anyway. So now our, our processes, we just kind of tend to, do turkey on holidays now, you know, Thanksgiving, obviously Christmas, Easter, just do turkeys. And then if we run out, we like, we're going to do this weekend. We just go do turkey to 30 pounds of Turkey is almost a perfect 17 pint batch in my canner. My canner will hold 17 pints. So that's a batch size that I try to develop recipes to come up with. If you had a bigger canner, you could do more. If you had a smaller canner, you would have to do less. But my goal is to have one full load and that works out really close. And then this time, Lisa, we hadn't done this before. Lisa took those two carcasses, skin, bones, all the gristle and all that stuff and she made an awesome turkey broth. And one of the things I was shocked mm-hmm. about, we didn't let it go like the 24 hours. She started it early in the morning mm-hmm. and let it go all day. It may may have gone 12 or 14 hours or so. It is so gelatinous. It can oh, slice exactly. it with a knife. Wow. It, yeah, it is incredible. So now you take the onion and the green chili, put that in the bottom. Then you pack the turkey in and then fill it with this turkey broth. It is so good. We got 17 pints. We're going to do another 17 pints this weekend, and then we'll have turkey for uh, quite a while.
1: Yeah, i say so.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, for two people, a pint of turkey is a meal, a really nice meal. Uh, not so much if you try to eat it alone, but if you... You know, last night we did a rice bowl, you know, with um, a little bit of white rice and actually some broccoli and, and the turkey and uh, made a quick gravy with uh, uh, what's uh, cassava flour gravy that is just excellent. It's just really, really good. So there's a, a great alternative bad. for something different for canned meat. But just the idea of canned meat, I wish I could get across to people how how a great skill this is to have. Everybody should be canning meat. Yeah,
1: it's true.
0: All right, so nice
1: to have you know the option already made too. It is, yeah. Let's. uh I talked about
0: my chili just recently. It might have been on one of the recorded shows. So I develop. I love chili. By the way, chili is one of my favorite Me too. Meals. I developed a very cool chili recipe. Now I have canned chili before. There is something about canning soups and stews. They come out good. I can't get them to come out exactly the way they do when I make them from scratch though. Something changing is changing in the canning process. They get a little thinner something about them that I'm just not completely happy with yet. Now I still do it, especially when I travel, even though it's not the best chili I've ever made, it's really convenient to just open it up and eat it. And it's way better than anything you're ever going to get in the store, both quality and taste. But I came up with another idea. We make a meat sauce, the tomato base, because we grow so many tomatoes. So I make a, like a kind of a traditional Italian, really heavy meat sauce. So, you know, you could throw it over mm-hmm. some grain free pasta. You uh, could use it to make sweet potato casserole. There's, there's a bunch of things we use it for. Uh, but I actually started making chili with it. So I take, I have a recipe where I can half hot Italian sausage and half ground beef. And I, I just have those around to use canned smoked pulled pork, so I have that around. Uh, We have that meat sauce. So now I have a chili recipe where I take one jar of the meat sauce. This is all stuff I've canned myself. Take one jar of the meat sauce, one jar of the sausage ground beef mixture, one jar of the pulled pork mixture, and I throw that all into a pot, and then all you have to do is put chili seasoning in it. Even though it's kind of italian Red sauce you started with, you put chili seasoning in there, you get the most incredible chili. And it's so easy. I open a bunch of jars, dump it in the pot, season it, and I'm good.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, technically, you, need to you come could up with make your own in a microwave. You wouldn't even need to do this in a pot. You could dump all this stuff into a bowl or a container, season it, throw it in the microwave, it'd work just fine. Because everything's already cooked.
1: Uh, yeah, sounds like it.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's grab another call. Let's go to Iowa, Jerry. Welcome to the program.
7: Hello, folks. First, I have a uh, quick comment, and then I have a serious medical question. First, the comment is is that uh, the series of books I listened to, written by a uh, William Kent Krueger, a based clear up in northern Minnesota. And one of the uh, reoccurring themes through the book is the main character's interaction with a an old Indian medicine man named Henry Malou. Part of Henry Malou's cure from, from back in the old Indian days is to uh, is a session in a sweat lodge okay. followed by a dip in the cold waters of Iron Lake. I just thought that was so funny. You know, there's a saying about all, all the things in the world are old or new again,
0: or everything old is new or whatever. So I just so, thought that was kind of funny. You know, the, uh, talked about the, you know, a Swedish style sauna, Scandinavian style sauna, lots and lots of cultures had a, a sauna as part of their lifestyle. Um, my son and I, for, uh, one of his trips we used to do when he was still in high school, went to the iron range up in Minnesota, Northern Minnesota. And we rented a house up there on a lake and it's a, they have a big, you know, Scandinavian influence up there. Every house on the lake. Now the house itself, the big, big backyard, it was probably, the house was probably a hundred yards from the house, maybe, or from the lake, maybe 75, but right on the lake, literally part of their dock was their sauna house. So you go down there on the dock itself is a sauna house and you go in the sauna and it's Minnesota and you come out of the sauna and you dive into the cold lake. And that, that's just, uh, just common. That's just something they do all the time. And I thought that was very cool. Yeah,
7: it is. I just thought it was interesting to have that uh, mentioned in a book. They mentioned it several times. It just yeah. funny how they, uh, something that takes that you take as commonplace, it's actually mentioned in a mainstream book. So, all right, on to my main uh, medical question. Now, this is not for me. It's for a friend of a friend's son. He's freaking out. Uh, He asked me for advice. He's freaking out because his doctor is not going to renew his prescription for Suboxone. So give me the dummy down layman's version of what the hell Suboxone is and what do you do to mitigate the withdrawal symptoms, please.
0: Okay, so Suboxone uh, is a opioid technically, but it's an opioid that people don't get the euphoric feeling from. Not not a lot. Now you can you can abuse Suboxone, but it's it's much harder to get that euphoric happy feeling that they're chasing. That's the whole point of them taking the drug. It gives them that that over the top euphoric feeling. The problem is it's highly addictive. And after you've become addicted to it, you never get that euphoric feeling anymore. You have to take it just to feel normal. And otherwise you feel absolutely awful. That's why so many people have a hard time kicking opioids. It is the physical addiction that is so horrendous. So the most successful therapy for opioids has been using other drugs. And there are a lot of people that say, well, that's not therapy. All you did was replace one addictive drug for another. And in some ways they're correct. Methadone is similar. We have methadone clinics for opioids. Suboxone, the reason suboxone is becoming popular is because methadone has to be delivered in person. So people who are on methadone therapy for opioid addiction have to drive every morning to the clinic every morning. And think about these are people who probably don't have dependable cars. They probably have, you know, if they're trying to get their life back after addiction, they probably are working three jobs that to have to go to a clinic every morning is not easy. And they're probably living someplace not close to that clinic because of cost. And so Suboxone, they're able to give a prescription for it. and You take it home. That's why Suboxone is really kind of replacing methadone. They both are opioids that can reduce pain somewhat, but they do not have that euphoric, addictive um, point to them. So they're used to get rid of the craving. They, they, somebody starts going through those horrible withdrawal symptoms, methadone or Suboxone will make them feel normal. It won't make them feel high. You have to really take huge doses of it to, to kind of make you feel high. Um, so it's, it's less likely to be abused. Uh, wondering why his doctor's taking him off. How long has he been on?
7: I don't know. I don't have the details on that. I really don't. It's a while, and I don't know the reason for getting it I really, I don't know how many details. But what do you do to mitigate the withdrawal symptoms from them.
0: So, I I am of the belief that there is a huge opportunity to create much much better addiction withdrawal treatment centers that focus on all the things I teach people, good nutrition, good stress reduction, good stress resilience building, all of the things we talk about for health, I think if we were to incorporate those things into addiction recovery, it would make a huge improvement. So that's what I would say I would be recommending uh, anybody who's going through any kind of uh, Drug, You know, withdrawal kind of stuff, especially opioids, and whether you were going to use Suboxone or not, uh, if you're trying to get off of methadone or Suboxone and, and make that final step to get away from drugs completely, my advice would be double down on all the things we talk about here.
2: Well, 90 percent of the clinics
7: would be uh, government sponsored, and they're sure hell not allowed to follow
0: your advice. No. No, that's what I mean. I think there is a huge opportunity. Honestly, I didn't work with truck drivers and I knew everything I know now. If I woke up tomorrow and said, oh my God, autonomous trucks took over the world and there are no truck drivers anymore. What am I going to do? I would go work with uh, the addiction field.
1: I could see you doing that.
0: Yeah, I would go do that. And I think I could be very, very successful at it. I hope somebody else does it.
7: Well, if I just tell him, like, an X3 bar and they healthy noodle, et cetera, et cetera, that's going to go a long
2: way
0: toward reducing the hey. raw food. Yeah, go one step further. Get him the app and tell him to listen to the show and join the healthy tribe. There you go.
1: There I you go. I would think that, that, are, that you feel immediate results, too, like cold plunging is a, is a big one. You know, things that he'll notice moving the needle right away. Because I know. Right. Yeah, who get into cold plunging and it's addictive. It's like there's no way that you can replicate that feeling and it's a different high, more natural high.
7: Yeah, very good point. Well, I guess I need to get him a trip to, uh, I need to make an appointment with Henry Malou then, don't I? There you go. (laughs)
0: All
2: right,
7: well, that helps. That helps quite a bit, Kevin. I appreciate
0: it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Uh, Keep us informed. Let us know how that goes and, and maybe get him on the show with you. Get him on a call. We can talk about this stuff. Let's uh let's go to Kansas City. Jay, are you double
5: dipping today? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man, when I'm not eating good and I got COVID last year and I got back on a sad diet, talk about low energy, low brain power, and now I'm back on uh ketones and brain and I can't stop. <laughs> good. There you go. A are many things I want to do and talk about, but, yeah, uh, it's good to be back eating healthy and feeling better. That's awesome. i got a list here. Stop me whenever you're ready. Okay. So Money-wise, I know you guys probably make money off your products in store, but can you guys do a couple of things like Amazon affiliate links and maybe all the products that you – you know, you recommend to us, you know, all the seasonings and the everything that you don't have at a store. Can you not work out a way that when we go to them to buy stuff, we can give them a code and you can make some kind of kickback? Ken, and I
0: have to say, as far as the company goes, I'm on the worst offender at this. We've set up Amazon affiliate links and I, the, tell you what happens i get busy somebody ask a question in one of the websites and i'm like oh yeah i know exactly the product here it is it's on amazon unfortunately at that moment i would have to log out of my amazon account which is usually i'm always logged into then i have to log into our affiliate i have to go get the link and it's not that big of a deal but i get busy and i think oh who cares i just want to make sure they know the product and i don't use the affiliate link so I'm the worst at that. We have some arrangements. Like okay. That. And it's interesting that you ask this specifically right now. Uh, we would love to work with sauna space. And just like we do with Garmin and the other things, we hold the inventory ourselves and then we resell it. That's the way for us to make the biggest margin possible on a product. It also requires more work and warehouse space and all that, but it's the model we prefer. And there's something else there. Then we have also have control of the customer service, which we like, and it's not that yeah. any of these co- companies have bad customer service, but we know ours is outstanding, and we like to control that part. As of right now, we weren't able to work out the. Uh, hey, hey, Jay! I'm getting a lot of noise. Do you have the the boom <laughs> real close? I'm okay that uh, re- going on. I'm that's okay all right we'll, we'll figure it out it's not i'm going to turn it down just a little bit for a second there we go uh, okay. uh so we didn't have time to work out all of the negotiations with sauna space as far as inventory and orders and are we going to hold this in our store which is what we want we did work out an affiliate link with them and that was part of the discount if you want to go to Sauna Space directly, you can. You're going to pay 15% more. If you use our link that we put on healthytribe.com and on Facebook, you'll get the 15% off and we'll get a small affiliate uh, commission.
2: Sorry,
5: I had you muted. Uh, not sure. uh, all right. So you got some new, the Ned magazine. Uh, Magnesium. Right. If we start doing that and we already have sodium from our canned products and then we put, you know, salt and stuff on our cooking, I don't know the levels, like a a minimum effective dosage, but then all that. So we'd be, if we get back on the light balance and we're missing potassium. The answer is no.
0: I still take light balance every day. I take the NED uh, low magnesium every day. I used to take it at night. Now I'm taking it in the morning because we learned from NED that that was a better time to do it. Uh, And I will still add Actamag to that when I get out in the garden on a really hot day and I'm sweating a lot. That is how important magnesium is in all of its different forms. And no, I'm not worried about sodium will eat as much sodium as I want. I don't think that's an issue at all. I think our body, when we eat this clean, our body will self-regulate. If you need more sodium, you'll crave it. If you don't need more sodium, you'll kind of be repulsed by too much salt. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am totally okay, confident cool. that our body will manage minerals just fine, our biggest challenge is making sure we get enough of all of them. I'm starting to believe that is one of our nutritional challenges. No matter how clean we eat, there are some minerals we are just
5: not getting enough of. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I had the question listed down, but then when I looked on the back of the light balance, even with four or five caps a day, we weren't even touching the percentages, so I didn't think it'd be a problem. Uh, backtracking, so on the new app or website, if I was thinking if you had like just a list or a page of all your stuff that everybody can go to all the time, you could just tell them go, go there, and then all the products, it doesn't matter if it's Primal Palette, it doesn't matter who it is, the links are there to everything. And it doesn't matter as health. it could be stuff in your house that people ask about all the time.
0: No, you're this idea. We have it on a list somewhere. I I said that as a company, we're lazy about certain things. We're lazy about marketing because we were on serious. We didn't really have to market. Uh, much as I talk about numbers and money and revenue, I've been pretty lazy with the money side of our company. And it was because I said a couple of years ago, I'm pretty happy where I am financially, personally, myself. I don't want a big, big company. I down that road. I don't like big companies. I don't want to have to go hire a CEO to run this. And if it gets any bigger, we're going to need a CEO. And I don't want to do that. So I'm pretty happy where we are. It's actually pretty difficult to stay in one place with the business. You know, there's this theory that if you're not growing, you're dying. It, there's some truth to that. And it's a challenge. I don't want to grow. I like where we are. I want to grow the tribe, but I don't want to grow the company much. Just, just to, as we need to to be able to reach more people, we're kind of lazy about the money side of things. Like I said, I wasn't good at putting in the affiliate links. I would think, oh, no big deal. They got the answer. Move on. Um, with the economy we're heading into and everything that's happened, and we're not on serious now, I got to go back and tighten down on that. I got to get better. So uh, we should build that page so we can get a, a piece of each one of the. And the good news is, it doesn't cost you anymore. Like I said, in, in the deal we worked out with Sauna Space, because we were able to do an affiliate link, you got 15% off for using it. So it's a benefit for everybody. Wow. Wow. I have to get better at that. I've been lazy about that, and uh, I can't do that anymore.
5: Well, you're honest, with anything. Uh, right. Got another question. Um, coach hours, ice baths, and all that. And I've heard other people call in and say this. It's, it's like your body and your skin really adapt. But then I can wear shorts down to fifteen to twenty-five degrees, and it feels like it's in the sixties or seventies. <laughs> but obviously, summer rolls around, and it sucks. Uh, that, but also one thing that Wemhoff did that nobody really ever talks about, and I can't find any information on, was not just all of this ice challenges in his breathing one thing he said he did he kind of and this kind of goes back to what you're talking about earlier with water he ran through the desert and he didn't drink any water right for hours right nobody ever talks about that so that's a good I was, point just want to know your thoughts we were talking about water earlier he had to get dehydrated But the breathing, so I was just curious if you had thoughts on
0: that. I have a feeling that his body, uh, because of all of this crazy breathing, cold exposure he's been doing for decades, that his body is highly efficient at certain things. And I believe that we're going to find that this, we talked about structured water. I talked about this weird phenomenon that I get out of the sauna After losing a pound of water and my hydration level goes up, I I think there's a lot of this we don't totally understand. I have a feeling his body is so efficient at using water. That's why he was able to do that.
5: Yeah. Well, Well, I just think there wasn't any information because everybody's breathing at night and I'll be repeated
0: that. Let's think about something else we know that he can control his body temperature through breathing and meditation. He's proven it multiple times, but the proof has always been stick him in solid ice and he can raise his body yeah. temperature. Well, he can raise it. Why wouldn't he be able to lower it? So maybe he can run through the desert. Not what I'm getting at. Yeah. lower his body temperature so that he doesn't need to sweat.
1: Yeah,
5: and see, that's what I'm curious about, but I can't find any information, and I've actually emailed, like, scientists and all kinds of stuff, and I can't find really anything, cause I think some of it is adapting stress protocols, like you are talking about. If you're in the sauna all the time, he's not going to be a problem eventually, so I think right. that might be part of it, but I was wondering where the breathing comes in, but I can't find anything, and he doesn't even talk about it, No, so there's a blurb, and it
0: is... But he does in a roundabout way because he talks a lot about being able to control his body temperature through breathing. But it's usually the other way. And like I said, even on the app, he's telling you if your body temperature is changing, that's okay. We know it's going to happen. He's gotten really, really good at it so he can guide it and control it. But I'll do some more digging because that that would be interesting.
5: (laughs) Yeah, and then the immune effects and everything else. Everybody just repeated breathing and ice exposure, but they really don't talk about a lot of the other stuff. um, And going to what you were saying earlier about I had a friend. He's had a hard life got on drugs, and I told him about the cold exposure, heat exposure, and all these things, and the breathing. He finally did it when I, I had him on the truck for a month. He did it. He should have seen this guy. He has a new addiction, man. He loves it, and he can't stop talking about it. Awesome. Yeah. And he hated cold showers. Hated them. Like, you should have seen it. I couldn't even get halfway through my pen, and he was ready to punch me in the face. I I... Out of the blue, he just did it, and he just loved it. So, yeah, this, all the, I know there's a couple places that are like this, but they don't, do everything that you're talking about. Like I've seen a place out of Florida that these places are so expensive. Like the oh, yeah. regular drug users, you know, they're wanting to get off it. They can't afford this stuff. It's ridiculous.
0: It's the thing. You have a captive audience. These people are either there because they, their life has become so horrible they're finally going to fix it, or they're there because the court ordered them there. Yeah. Either way, we control their diet. We should take advantage of that. They're there, they're captive. So I would put everybody would be on the same really clean carnivore diet to start with. And then we would be doing all these other therapies. I think it could be wildly successful.
5: You could, and then I stop being so hard on people. You go through the honeymoon phase where you really want to help people. It's the greatest thing in the world, and then they don't want to hear it. And you're like, well, I've been through that. <laughs> and then how many times have I gotten back on the sad diet, and then I gain weight, inflammation, right. so like crap, low energy, brain fog. And you're like, well, I know how good it is, and I still go back. So right. I just try to keep people, and they see it. I mean, it got so bad with the sad diet. That my friend gave me a business card to a doctor. He said, Almost every single time that I talk to you, you can barely hold a sentence. There's times that I would talk to him and I would just stop talking and look down. That's how bad my brain fog yeah. got yeah. because of my diet. I know. It's, I it's know. ridiculous. So, and people are so stressed out nowadays. So. Yep. All right, we'll keep talking. Right. I'll. Uh, I'm list for the day. I'm going to call all back right. on politics day. I'll tell you what, I've never been political ever in my life. And now I can't stop thinking about it, but That's, I'll it, call back on that day.
0: Tomorrow, so, tomorrow, tomorrow right. we can, t- Thursdays are kind of shaping up for a good day to be politics. Doesn't have to be politics on Thursdays, but it's kind of a good day to fit it in. All right, uh, we are done today. Man, long day. Um, Lauren, you've got... Uh, mm-hmm event coming up. So let everybody know about that again.
1: Yes, so at three PM Eastern time, we will be doing a live, an after hours live at Destination Health. And we will also post the recording after and we're going to talk about the 2023 Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. And I'm also going to mention some things in between that didn't really make the cutoff list, but that people will Definitely be interested to know, and I'll mention a little on GMOs, Um, and that is at 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
2: All
0: right. I have an announcement. Episode one of Back to the Basics. It's a three-part series with Keto Mojo. It is available right now on the app. I think they just loaded it on the app, so... That one is with Jessica from Keto Mojo. We do a lot of big, big picture stuff. You know, is a ketogenic diet, what are ketones, how should we be eating, why are we measuring ketones, all that stuff. Um, Just yesterday, I wonder if anybody caught this, uh, we recorded the second part of that series yesterday, and the third part's actually going to be live. We're doing something a little different. The first two parts of this mini series are recorded, We're going to encourage people to listen to them. And then I think they're going to have a lot of questions. So the third one we're going to do live and take questions. Um, Yes. So what was my other point about that? I was going to make another. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, Yesterday, while we were doing the recording, I had this moment of panic. And we had both Dorian, who is the founder of, of Keto Mojo. You know what's interesting? I did not know this. I started on keto either. I think it was actually a little before, uh, Dorian Dorian has, has started keto in 2015 and then created the keto mojo. And, and my God, what a, an incredible company they've built out of that. I, I was shocked when I learned that yesterday, I thought he was one of those 15 year keto guys. He's just started keto in 2015, wow. both him and his wife. Uh, incredible company. We're doing the recording and it was Dorian and and Jessica and I. And I had this moment of panic. We were like over an hour into it. And I thought, I forgot to hit the record button. And I am like, "Oh oh my God, I can't believe I did that. So I went and looked real quick. I hit the record button. What I forgot to do was turn off the broadcast button. So People, yes, yeah, somebody got a sneak preview yesterday. They got about the first hour or so of the second episode because I was actually broadcasting it live. I didn't realize I was. Yeah. Well,
2: that's a little
0: tricky. Yeah, so that's how that goes. Um, all right. I think we're going to wrap this up then sure to join Lauren later today. Great episode. We'll see you back here tomorrow for a free-for-all and then we'll let you know what's going on on Friday. Thanks everybody. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.